What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 78. Always happy to be here with you guys. Um, another Thursday in the in weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that we've been doing this. Uh, always here with my resident homies, Joel Joseph and Casey. The professor is back. What up, y'all? Yo. What yo, up, yo, yo. And uh, tonight we are... We are... Jesus Christ. We are... <laughs> I can't even. We are podcast. We are, joined, we are podcast. Yes, we are joined by uh, uh, two guys that. Uh, well, one has already been on Hunter. What's going on, dude? Hunter Jin back once again, Yo. drummer of Canvas Solaris and many Hello. other projects that we'll be talking about uh, this evening. And uh, he's also been doing a podcast called Radical Research, and and I've been a fan of it for a long time. The professor's been a fan of it for a long time, basically ever since uh, Hunter came on the first time. And uh, still, is still a listener today. And radical research is just a, a, a show where these these very intellectual dudes sit and talk obscure metal, dude. And I, I fucking love it because I love ex- obscure metal. I love you know the experimental, the avant garde. I love it all. So when when you shed light on s- some of these bands that I know and don't know, it's like these bands should come to. Uh, light for somebody like me and there's there's got to be more people out there like me and i think that radical research is a great podcast for you guys to be exposed to the weird and the experimental and all that stuff that's going on in the underground but yes uh new guest today his co-host on that show uh jeff wagner what's going on dude hello how are you man i'm great Good. Good. Jeff, is a, get, Jeff is a Jeff uh, is a author as well. I, I forget the name of the book. Sorry, what was it? Well, I've done uh, in 2010. Mean Deviation came out. It's uh, on bazillion points. Uh, that was a history of progressive heavy metal. Um, 2014, Soul and Fire came out, which was a biography on Peter Steele um, of Carnivore and Typo Negative. And uh, my third book is coming out in July. It's a Fate's Warning history. Uh, I talk to every single guy in Fate's Warning, past and present, and um, it, you know, I mean, every every single thing you do, you guys know as musicians, or uh, Hunter's done some writing as well as a musician, anything you do is, you, you do because you want it out there in the world, um, and you, like, I wanted to see a, a book on progressive metal, so I did it. I wanted to see a book on Peter Steele, same thing with Fate's Warning, and the Fate's Warning was really a, a, a more of a labor of love than even the other ones. I mean, I'm not to knock the other ones, but uh, I think Hunter can attest to my obsession with this band. And um, it was great to be able to work with them all and to just get the story right and to get it from the horse's mouth and to write it my way. They, they allowed me to do what I wanted to do. So. And when does that forthcoming book come out? The, July 15th. And I'll July start, taking, yeah, I'll start taking pre-orders uh, May 15th and um, we'll be informing everybody through the usual channels on how to do that 
killer killer hunter you got any places you want to plug real quick for canvas or other projects uh no i don't think anything that we didn't talk about last time uh got my um my new band with gail perlo uh plague psalm our first album shivers of transmigration is now out um it's on the uh, earth and sound label owned by jason walton from sculptured and agaloc mm. and um then gail's that's got a uh real quick that's got a limited edition cassette or something that you it's guys a limited doing. edition cassette yeah okay but we also have uh band camp too so anyone that wants to download that digitally um can do so and then gail's album uh for his band gorging shade that's almost done just got to do some vocals and we sat there so yeah yeah i've heard i've heard both those I've heard both and, of and those actually, projects. And yeah, um, I'm going to be putting out a magazine um, later this year called Deserts of Hex. And uh, the contributions are starting to roll in. I'm doing some writing to finish up with that. And yeah, pretty stoked. What is uh, like the theme of the magazine? Really just kind of, it's an interdisciplinary magazine between literature and film and music the music being the foundation uh, and, and music of a, a darker, more obscure sort, the black metal, there's going to be a really, really big devil doll feature in it. Uh, but yeah. Killer dude. Yeah. Nice. So we're, 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 we're busy be watching out for that. Yeah. Cool. Zines are awesome, dude. I, I actually loved, that was one of the, my favorite parts of coming up and learning about metal was going and getting new magazines. dude. Same. And, and the physical, I mean, the physical magazine is uh, probably still publications that are making them, but I mean, I'm not heading out to fucking Barnes and Noble to grab anything anytime soon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, I mean, Jeff and I have a good friend, um, uh, guy named Shiver that does, he's actually out in California. He does a black metal fanzine called Arcane Archivist. And that was a real inspiration for me, um, a, a, a kind of an impetus to, to do my own thing. Just having a new magazine and being able to open something up physically and touch it mm -hmm. was really, really inspiring. Totally. Can we t can we plug Bardo Methodology too? Because oh, that, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, something yeah. that I became obsessed with last year. The guys had a website called Bardo Methodology. I don't know if you guys know it. Mm -mm. Uh, maybe I'm preaching to the choir, but um, he also did a he does a print magazine as well. And um, I, for my money, it, it's some of the best writing on metal and other topics. I mean, he he talks about esoterica and and um, uh, you know, various, um, hallucinogens and practitioners of such. And it's just, I mean, he get he gets into history big time and it's never boring. You know, it's, it sounds um, right up my alley, dude. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's definitely got a lot of black metal foundation, but, um, he's not afraid to go outside of the bounds. Um, it's part of methodology. It's really the greatest thing since Istin, in my opinion, um, in, terms, in terms of print scenes. Cool. Yeah. Right on. So, Hunter, we got your backstory last time, but I'd like to dig into Jeff right now if we can. Jeff, so how we usually start this off is um, take us back as far as you can into your childhood, dude, and and the the, the earliest moment you could think that that music clicked with you, you know, so it it became something more 
at one point and yeah what, you know what was it yeah i mean i think like a lot of kids i responded to music no matter what it was uh didn't always have to be kids music i remember the mike douglas show i'm 53 so i'm i'm, I'm aging myself but... hey you look you look good for 53 bro thank you thank you my dermatologist said the same thing recently which I <laughs> she's probably just being nice but um but yeah i see hunter just vamoose he's like i've heard this guy talk about this for <laughs> uh no i yeah but um yeah, I latched on to things like Sha Na Na, the Mike Douglas theme mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. when my mom was watching it on TV. It was just, and I'd run into the room and start air guitaring or I had a plastic nice. guitar. Um, so I was definitely like energized by music in a, in a way that nothing was doing it for me at the time, age six, seven or eight. And then I found Kiss. You know, this is a very common thing for kids my age uh, was the Kiss Gateway. Uh, it's a band I still love. I mean, I have a lot of problems with them, with what they've done in the last 20 years, but uh, generally a, a big follower of that band. And they were the first band to really kind of show me how uh, a band could world build. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how how it wasn't just music. It wasn't just a tune, although that was great. The hooks were there. For me, Kiss showed me through Destroyer and through the Alive albums and um, through whatever, the Elder even, um, how world building could be a thing where you sat down with an album and you, you got deep into whatever world they were giving you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you created also a parallel world for yourself, uh, you know, in terms of what your, where your imagination took you. Um, so they were a big band for me. And then, um, you know, just, just I, I had a very, I, I grew up in the Midwest in Iowa and we had a really cool FM radio station called WXLP. I think it was 97 X. <laughs> um, and they would play like, like on a Friday night, you could hear like Saxon and you could hear like, I mean, uh, Aerosmith, which doesn't sound weird now, but like in 82, they were playing stuff from Rock in a Hard Place. And I was hearing Judas Priest on the radio. I was hearing even some Iron Maiden on the radio. They were the first place I ever heard Queensryche. They would play something from the EP wow. uh, in 83. So they were pretty brave and they had a pretty wide um, range of what they would play. But Friday, Saturday nights, it would get a little crazy. It wasn't like a metal show, but you could hear the hard rock or new wave of British heavy metal of the day or the heavy metal. And, and that, that was a, a helpful gateway. Um, and I suppose priest and maiden. And then, you know, uh, I remember going to see kiss on the creatures of the night tour, uh, in early 83. And then again, uh, in the lick it up tour in early 84. And I would see these guys decked out in like denim with patches everywhere. This is really my first exposure to that as a 12, 13 year old. And I, I was just like, whoa, what is that? And I'd read all the the patches on their on their on their jackets and and just uh, it, some somewhere there was a world happening that I didn't know about, you know, mm-hmm. beyond priest, beyond maiden, and um, so that was another gateway. And I think you know, it, one thing led to another. I picked up Kill 'Em All, and then that was it. How old were you mm-hmm. when you found that? Thirteen or fourteen. Okay. And, you know, honestly, it was so new to my ears, like the palm muting, the scraping, uh, the abrasiveness. Uh, I, I I grew to love it. But at first, I thought I hated it. Yeah. It was just so new to me, like even beyond Maiden, beyond Priest. It was I remember going to school and telling people, like, you're not going to believe it. But there's a band heavier than Maiden out there. Like, no, way, <laughs> you really? Holy shit. Uh, and I've been a fan ever since. And, like, you know, Ride the Lightning was a massive moment for me um still is probably a top five metal album for me um and you know then just delving into the underground finding kerrang finding metal forces in in the quad city record stores there was a great chain called co-op 
that had all that stuff. And man, I just, I just dove in and, um, you know, the only money I made, which was paltry, uh, from jobs you had as a teenager, it all went into, into records. Totally. Um, and once I found the underground and found just, you know, all the varieties of metal that were out there that I was interested in, you know, my, my comic book collecting and buying went completely out the door and I haven't looked back since it's, you know, it, of course <laughs> I have other interests beyond music, but, but that, that at the time you had to choose between like, what can I afford? I, you know, like, yeah. Afford comics is is music better? Hell yeah! So yeah, uh, so that just that just the floodgates were open, and uh, I could go on and on because I mean you know still at my age I'm I'm just I'm finding new fascinations in music whether it's metal or otherwise. Was there a point at that time where you just you at some point maybe felt like you wanted to play music as well? Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. I yeah through that whole time I I was playing guitar. I was lo- taking guitar lessons. Um, I switched to bass in high school because my jazz band needed a bass player. And I was like, well, you know, two strings less, how hard can it be? Uh, and I, and I found out real quick that jazz bass was probably the most challenging that got done up to that point. Right. Uh, um, and then I played, yeah, I played in your, you know, usual high school cover bands and, um, uh, was in a band in Iowa city that played originals and we were around for about three years and, um, played about 75 shows and open for like smashing pumpkins and no means no. And um, so, so I was, you know, I was part of that circuit and, and recording and everything. And, and I, I think I'm a pretty good ba- bass player, but um, it just kind of so happened that like my passion led to um, being on other sides of it. You know, when you get offered a job at relapse, which I did in 94, you take it, you know, I'm 24, 25 years old in Iowa. I'm like time to get out time to go work for relapse, you know? <laughs> so, so at, you know, that was really the point where I really put the base down and just focused completely on, on that, kind of, you know, that direction. So, so, uh, okay. So that you just, when did you decide that you wanted to start writing? Oh God. I mean, cause that's actually where, where another uh, thing that I should have mentioned with you is cause you're, you're a different breed of guest for us. You're like the first guy outside of a musician. I mean, you are a musician, obviously you just mentioned it, but with the uh, writing, I should have asked when did the writing thing get uh, uh, important for you? Because me, I was also a writer very early, got into poetry and stuff like I want oh, to right. kind of the beginning of that. Well, I mean, I was always an avid reader. I mean, not just the comic books, but one thing that did stay with me was just reading books. I mean, science fiction, fantasy, nonfiction, biography, uh, you know, classics, classic literature, whatever. Um, so I was always really, really interested in words, um, kind of obsess- obsessively. So like I, I've, all my friends are all people that know me. I'm, I'm a crazy proofreader. I'll proofread billboards, you know, and mm-hmm. Get get angry when I see things, uh, <laughs> but 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 so I had always had the fascination there too, and I think um, I remember <laughs> I remember uh, my mom getting a hold of an electric typewriter in early eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. I'd never dealt with one before. I'd never had one before. Um, I basically commandeered it, took it into my room, and just started writing lists and and like like writing little reviews. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know that that could lead to something. I didn't know. Give me an example of like an early review. Uh, I, yeah, I remember doing uh, Metallica reviews, Slayer reviews. Oh, okay, so like actual albums. I thought you'd be like reviewing like, I really enjoyed my meal tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, really it's like pre-Instagram reviews. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, 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 it's he's, yelping, he's yelping his own mom through a typewriter. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, um, 
No, I, I cause, because I had the music outlet, I was like, well, I'm just going to make lists. I, I remember, this is going to sound so absurd. I was like maybe 10 or 11. I was I, I made an alphabetized list of all the Kiss songs and, <laughs> nice. and um, what album they came on. You know, all, all the data, you know what I mean? Uh, obviously, duh, pre-internet. But I just like seeing all that data in order the way you can see it now on Discogs or Wikipedia. But I just, I was fascinated by this. I, I would also make my own playlists you know, what I was listening to. I wasn't showing it to anybody. I, I did have friends that listened with me, but we didn't, we weren't really sharing these things. I was like getting really nerdy and probably trying to kind of hide that because I didn't know if my friends were going to want to get that nerdy with me, uh, but I would make playlists and, and yeah, write reviews. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then, you know, eventually um, I started writing, I think the first fanzine I wrote for was called Anti-Poser in Canada. Uh, and oh. I, did, I did a review of the Milwaukee Metal Fest 2 which had um, nuclear, uh, gosh, let me think, Fate's Warning, Sanctuary, Testament, uh, Exodus, uh, you name it. Damn. Uh, nice. And then- Did Kozak put that on? Yeah, that was a Koshik thing. Okay. And that, that see, that, that was when, I, I, I have a massive critic of Koshik now because he drove that shit into the ground. And it, was, it, it got to be so ridiculous with like, you know, 14 stages and two of the stages would be in the same room and bands would be playing at the same time with a curtain between them, you know. But this was back when Koshik would do the Milwaukee Metal Fest. It was one stage. I went to the first one in 87. It was like uh, Death, Death, Death on the Screen, Bloody Gore Tour, Death Angel, Nuclear Assault, um, Trouble on the Run to the Light Tour, early, uh, gosh, so many more. Uh, it, it, it's escaping me, but um, but yeah, he used to, and that, was one, enough. Yeah, no, uh, I know. Yeah. One day, and the, the and, and basically, class, you, you knew you were seeing something special then. Now, with nostalgia, you're like, wow, that was history, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, I got off the, the topic there, but no, no that's awesome. Good, that's we, we're all about believe me, you'll, you'll see. We call that the weeds, we just <laughs> the weeds, we call it in the woods, but you know. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Some, some, yeah, some natural uh, thing that can't is hard to find yourself out once you're in. Uh, I got a question. If we can keep going, um, so you said you started working at Relapse. Yeah, um, in, in late '94. Yeah. What's yeah? So what was Relapse up to at the time, and what did you get hired to do there? I was hired as a publicist. Um, okay. At the time, they had grown so much between 91 and 94. I mean, mo I'm sure you guys know the history there and, and what they were doing. Um, but, you know, that, that world was becoming large enough for them and they were becoming successful enough with both the label and the mail order that one guy was no longer enough to do radio, publicity, retail. So they started splitting those duties up into, you know, just an individual doing them the way, of course, it's done now. Hmm. Um, and I was hired for publicity, which I had no experience in other than enthusiasm um, and knowledge. And uh, I took it. And although I'm probably not the best fit for publicity, uh, it was a fantastic learning experience. They were just they had just done Tales from the Thousand Lakes by Amorphous. Um, they were also part of Nuclear Blast America. So they were doing things like Dissection, Storm of the Lights, Bane, uh, Meshuggah's Destroy, Race, Improve. Um, just I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the first albums I worked on maybe the second incantation, uh, mortician house by the cemetery. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, I was there when they signed neurosis, we were kind of courting them. We would go see them and have meals with them and get to know those guys. Um, mind the, uh, well, that's cool. There was the, uh, the fire show. Wasn't there in alphabet city? Yeah. Tri uh, um, tribes of new rot. 
the side oh, okay, okay, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a long story but i don't i don't, right. I don't know if you want me to tell you that but, is, but it, yeah. is it true that there's a tribes album and a neurosis album that if you play them together they like link up it's kind of like the wizard of oz and pink floyd situation right uh i've heard that but i don't i don't know if that's i mean really in uh, the if you put any two things together you're gonna find some coincidences that happen that make you think oh shit dude yeah i mean if it, if that exists i, I don't yeah, nobody, so. nobody ever really confirmed that I, yeah 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 i don't even remember where i heard that from i just it just sparked that memory when you mentioned tribes yeah yeah Whoop, almost spilled my drink as an aside i just saw an article from mcsweeney's which is a satire uh article and it says uh it's dave gilmore from pink floyd he's saying Hey guys, this music is coming along pretty great, but let's not forget we're trying to write a composition that goes along with the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to stick to your guns, you know. That's exactly. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, yeah, okay. Thanks for answering, man. That's awesome. Um, I knew a bit about you starting to write at a Metal Maniacs and then eventually Decibel. Uh, maybe yeah. we can uh, get to that now. Maybe how. Sure. I mean, I mean, I was at Relapse for two, a little over two years, and then I got, uh, I got wind of there being an opening for the associate editor or co-editor uh, there, and it's funny, and I and I went for it. I I just was like that. I I don't think I've ever believed that something was so up my alley than that ever mm-hmm. in my life. In terms of like, okay, this is this is so me. I know I can actually turn this magazine around because it was kind of at a low point. Like it was, it was starting to put Marilyn Manson in the cover in corn, which is great for other magazines, but Metal Maniacs readers were jumping off the mm. boat really, really quick with with a lot of that, those choices. And I and I just felt like, well, if I can go in there um, and work at, at, a, at a magazine that I used to pick off the newsstand in Iowa, I mean, what a dream come true. I mean, even more so than Relapse, which is a fantastic experience, but I just went for it. So um, I quickly became basically co-editor of Maniacs. Mike mm-hmm. Greenblatt or Mike G, the guy that hired me and was the other editor, um, pretty quickly saw that uh, he called me the expert. Like he wasn't really a lifer. He was just kind of a guy that worked at that publishing company who had a passion for music in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, th- Thank, thankfully, and thanks to him, um, he put me in a lot. Of, he gave me a lot of control early, and I helped spin it around. I think, and um, um, five of the best years of my life. I mean, it just uh, what a what a dream come true. It was a lot of hassle. There's a lot of deadlines, a lot of hard work. But um, man, I just um, yeah, I, I honed my writing chops for sure. Um, and I can still look back on that stuff now and be embarrassed about 80% of it, but, um, you, you learn, <laughs> you learn as you go, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, th- I think the face warning books, like my best writing so far, but th- that's what you got. You kind of always think with a new project, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have done it with your bands. It's like, you know, hopefully that new album is like, you know, you at the top of your, of your game, um, yep. you keep honing and you keep discovering. So yeah. Right, right, right. So Maniacs was great. And then like um, after I left and I did leave uh, of my own accord to move down to Virginia uh, and live on a farm for 10 years, um, I was, I just got sick of New York. I got sick of the publishing company's sort of inability to move with the times. Um, and, uh, but, but I, you know, I had to stay, keep my head in the game. So I did, I did take jobs at like Decibel and Blabbermouth. I think I wrote some reviews for, um and then you know work we worked from home for century media for a while and then the end records and then back to century media uh, the end records that's that was um um 
early record label for me that would feed me all the weird and avant-garde stuff that I, I definitely still love today. A lot of that stuff, like Unexpect was one. Scholomance. <laughs> and uh, Over yeah. Shadows of the Sun. Sure. Um, yep. Shit, there's there's tons, dude. Scholomancer, there, that's a cool band. Uh, Winds, Age of Silence. Maybe Age of Silence isn't on the end. I think they're on the end. Um, Mental Home from, from Russia. Russia. Or are they yeah, Russian? they and and that's what i'm saying like with this weird and obscure stuff like i love these record labels that just totally just go all in on it and yeah and the vast relapse actually in a, in a way is kind of that because they they accepted all forms of metal plus more you know they they did what i like about relapse in the end um and maybe the end lost it at the end i'm just saying that as a kind of a fan with an opinion mm-hmm those labels really had and relapse to this day has an identity. Um, there are some labels I won't name that they used to have an identity and then they just started realizing what makes money and they kind of lost that really honed focused identity and relapse have been able to do that while assigning just so many diverse things that don't fall under one category. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, I, I feel like they've kept their mission pure from day one. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. I agree. So then after all the writing and stuff, and you said you were working with, you were working from century media from home doing what's kind of the same thing you were doing at relapse. No, not at all. I was actually a buyer for their distro because they had a large mail order. Um, that that was what was available at the time. And I was like, you know, it was quite limited. I'm living in rural Virginia, wanting to stay in the business somehow. Uh, and that actually was kind of fun because I was like, oh, I get paid to buy records basically, you know, yeah. um, obviously it was a lot more than that. And, 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 um, there were rules you had to follow and just business, businessy things you had to do. But, um, it was, it was a pretty cool little thing to fall into. And then I just kept writing on the side and eventually, you know, media deviation happened and, um, I turned my focus back to, to writing. Can you talk for a little bit about mean deviation to the audience here? Um, I don't think many people of our our listeners would would know about that book, but I've read it or at least uh, a lot of the sections of it, and I found it to be just mind blowing to be like, oh, this guy like or there's already a book where Cynic is featured or <laughs> some of your favorite bands, you know, the listeners of the show. Oh, we got a frozen professor. <laughs> I'm frozen. Yeah, but no, I, no, I, you're good now. You're good he's now. He's a okay. show and a frozen. Yeah. I think I did get the gist of you though. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, it was basically Ian Christie, who I think everybody knows from Sound of the Beast, and uh, um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know Ian Christie, but he. Does I read. Do. I read his Sound of the Beast too. Yeah. There you go. He started Bazillion Points, and before he even started Bazillion Points, he had been after me to like, you, you got to write that progressive metal book because he knew I was all into like Cynic, Crimson Glory, Fate's War, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always just kind of like a, yeah, a joke because like, well, that's great. You want me to write that, and I think I would be the great, a good writer for that. But you know, who's going to take it? Well, he started Bazillion Points, and as soon as I heard that he started Bazillion, I sent him an email. I was like, so, uh, you know, I know a writer who has a progressive metal book up his sleeve if you want to take it on. And he was like, well, of course, you know, so that's how that started. Um, it was basically just a, kind of a way to, it was, it was kind of twofold. One, I just always was kind of the cheerleader for like metal being far more diverse and sophisticated and um, 
just artistic than that I think a lot of the mainstream might look at it as, right? Right, right. Um, so I was always wanting, I was, you know, and I had a natural interest in these these highfalutin progressive bands. So I, so I, of course, I wanted to feature it because of that. But I also wanted to kind of dispel the notion that dream theater and bands that sound like dream theater are the only things that are called progressive metal, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I went with a very strict de dictionary definition of what progressive means, what it means to be progressive. Um, and I also took some ideas from Frank Zappa without, um, hold on, without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. Mm. Uh, so that kind of fit into the title. Uh, the title was also it. mathematical. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of the mission. And I, and I think I scored on that because I've had a lot of people say, you know, I'm so glad that you sort of weren't cheering just for Dream Theater and Symphony X and you went to sigh and you talked about ko dot and you talked about canvas solaris and you talked about cynic you know and um mm -hmm. yeah that, that was that was kind of the mission and, and um yeah i mean reading that book it made me realize that there was so much progressive metal i'd never checked out never even heard of it is such a diverse universe um, it was very humbling to me and it made me realize maybe I'm actually not as much of a prog head as I thought I was. Cause I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that I, I'm not like super, super into, but it was like to see my music scene represented as part of a greater thing, uh, was, was super cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, my, my aspiration as, as I'm sure it would have come up at some point on this pod is, uh, we're the Cali death podcast. So I, wanted to write a book, still want to write a book on the California death metal scene. And this podcast is kind of the like research for it. Ah. it but um, I heard you and Hunter wanted to start your pod. You originally starting your podcast, originally wanted to write a book and then it decided to go with a podcast. And I feel the book kind of slipping away is it's so much easier to just podcast once a Con week. Than, kind than of. Write. I was yeah. starting to listen to my first podcasts and, and realizing that we could do what we wanted to do with the book, uh, with a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I still want to write that with Hunter though, because, and, and, and the focus would be purely post black metal, Norwegian, weird, extreme music. I mean, cause that's, mm -hmm. you know, what beyond dawn in the woods, our tourists, I mean, you name it, all of that stuff is a major passion of ours and, uh, was the impetus not only for the book idea, but radical research, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we just finished six episodes in a row on Norway, uh, with radical research because wow. we, I just thought at one point I thought, yeah, we've done all these other Norwegian episodes through the life of this thing. Um, but it's time to just kind of go, go in, go all in for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, we finally just pulled out of that. And we're, that's, yeah. that's the stuff that I love, dude. I love, I can, I can never stop learning about Norwegian black metal, dude. Right. <laughs> you know, or, you know, just even rehashing over everything. And, and I'm not at all a scholar in a sense, but I've cherry picked everything that I love from what happened there at that time, you know, and realizing that it was a bl very big blip and it, and it should have been a blip because you know, the attitudes of those guys were trying to be so far outside of everything else that as soon as it gets duplicated, it's, it's not, it's lost its worth. So everybody moved on and expanded. And then you get these bands like, you know, Ved Buenos Aires Ende and Ulver and Dodd Hamesgard or however the fuck you say that name. And, and, that's the stuff that makes me like really super excited about the seed that was planted there 
and same. then how yeah. it blossomed. Yeah, exactly the same for Hunter and I for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's so much creativity and ex expansion of creativity in, in all those records that came in the wake of it, you know? Absolutely. And, and it's funny because if you talk to, I remember talking to Ivar from Enslaved for Mean Deviation. Um, mm -hmm. And he said, you know, look, the original impetus for black metal, and we're not talking the post progressive black metal stuff. We're talking just black metal at that time. You know, obviously the inspiration was Venom and Bathory, uh, a few others. Um, but he said, you know, look, it, mayhem was supposed to sound like mayhem and enslaved was supposed to sound like enslaved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Emperor was supposed to sound like emperor, like we and dark throne. We, we all wanted to have our own individual sounds and what yeah. happened when they did, they, they completely succeeded um legendarily but what happened was everybody that got inspired by that stuff was like oh that's the formula that's you know yeah. that's crap we're gonna run on and it was just like really kind of watered down the whole idea of originality mm -hmm. so i think partly subconsciously and partly probably quite consciously some of these bands like enslaved um Dottom's Guard is another great example, went completely bonkers with their yeah. creativity, went left field, mm -hmm. went, went, went extreme uh, with the, the progressive element um, because they didn't want to get trapped in that sort of really exactly. narrow, narrow thing that black metal became. Yeah. And also it's, it's a, a challenge like, okay, duplicate this. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a whole and lot they of can't. Arcturus wannabes out there or uh Dot of Star wannabes. You know, it's just it's just it's kinda it's kinda like hundred I I've talked about this where you don't see a lot of tech metal bands at all because you can't like who like you don't see a watchtower tribute album. Why is that? Because nobody can play that shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Maybe you guys I, so I actually kinda want I wanted to know actually, I mean, because you guys are so, you know, done your radical research. Um, just your opinion, because um, you know black metal is kind of a—it's definitely not really a genre I listen to a lot, but definitely I'm into some more like atmospheric black metal and stuff. But um, as far as what you guys watching Lords of Chaos movie, like what what was your guys' reaction to that? Because I just seeing you guys, I know you guys haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. God, that's I refuse. You guys are so black metal. I haven't seen it either because I Jeff and I were yeah we were burning in churches when it came out. Yeah, and uh, just got caught up with that. So yeah, what do you guys think about what do you guys think about until the light takes us? What do you think about that documentary? I'm a I'm a fan of that. Yeah, I What about Frost stabbing the couch at the end? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, can you imagine like yeah the the yeah the kid on the airplane next to Frost? That is a worst case scenario. I, I gained new appreciation for Frost in the sense of like I never want to meet him, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love his cool. I love his drumming, but no. I, the, I wanted to talk about Lords of Chaos just for a second. I read the book, of course, by Moynihan and Didi or Soderlund or something. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it. I thought they did. I, a good, I, yeah. I thought they did a good job. I think the movie. I, I think it was interesting uh idea um i i tried to read all the reviews um well not all of them just to get a sense of what people were thinking of it and it seemed to do better than i expected but at the same time i saw no i just i saw like 15 seconds of a clip once like a trailer 
Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it just, it was tough. I couldn't, I couldn't relate. It just was too, it was just too slick in Hollywood. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sure that I'm just going to be like picking out all the wrong things, you know, that happened, like mm-hmm. you know, that, that were fictionalized and probably not true to what actually happened as far as I know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like how, you know, how Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson pokes holes in like movies with yeah. his, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I have that level of knowledge, but what, what I am saying is like I would probably not enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because it was. I would I say know. it's a little better than you would expect, but still was like. I mean, I don't know. It was compared to the previews. I was like, I'm just gonna watch for the laugh factor because like seeing those previews, it looks so cheesy. Like these like angsty teenagers in their basement. Mm-hmm. And they're, mm-hmm. That's kind of how they made how they made it look on the preview. But there's definitely more to the story on it. But it definitely seemed kind of well, like. I mean, it probably really was just that. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that actually did turn me off about even that, even black metal in general with that was like th- these guys were supposedly like the, you know, top tiered like influences for so many people. And then you find it starts out with like, oh, like, you know, Euronymous and uh, I forget the, can't think of people's names right now, but uh, they were like, their, their, their dads were like, you know, like super rich lawyers and then they were just pissed off in their mansions and they're like, I'm going to make a dark project and i was like oh god look you know that immediately turned me off and i was like well dude oh, just yeah, think they're of, gonna they're gonna be like in the gutter somewhere and like ah, i'm gonna come out like, well, fucking, like with like actual just, pain or something what's brutal just think about how upset their dads are <laughs> <laughs> they got him i mean they That's really dead. got their dads right <laughs> it's also to me like uh, uh many many years too late like this is a story that we've heard ad infinitum so much yeah uh, and, and and the problem is it loses focus on the music for me like i'm i'm probably too much of a purist but i don't i don't care about the gossip i don't i mean yeah all that was interesting i think i think you have to um understand it to understand black metal but you also have to know the music and the music is by far the most important thing yeah i'm not mm-hmm. thinking about these situations while i'm no. listening to their no. music no it, it, yeah if the if the music didn't have some sort of enduring quality none of the sensationalism would matter yeah yeah that's true you know, exactly yeah yeah um so i i oh I, I had a quick question so did the did the corpse create corpse paint imagery take you back to your kiss days when you first saw it and kind of well, lure you in that way i mean um no it's not probably I, the reason i got interested in black metal was because of Bathory. Who have been long one of my favorite bands. Period. It doesn't matter what mm. the genre is. I they're one of my favorite metal bands, uh, or solo project, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was my attraction because, of course, all that all that stuff was really based on Bathory more than any other band. Um, so so that was interesting to me. Although, if you do look at early pictures of Gene Simmons from like seventy four or seventy five, a lot of the black and whites, um, and he was and he was so in character back then. Um, that I can see black metal kids uh, mm-hmm. who are starting to adopt the corpse paint thing. Yeah, they were looking at Celtic Frost and, and some other bands uh, in doing so, but I think that they must have been looking at some of those Gene Simmons images from the early days and going, yeah, "Wow, that's, that's 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 how you do it." I mean, because he really was, um, and he was the only guy in Kiss who I think has any correlation in terms of imagery 
to uh, to black metal, you know. Yeah, because everything else is like a star and shit. I, I can't even yeah. remember. Yeah, one star. Yeah, Chris, like, nobody's got nobody black metal putting on like <laughs> even 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 like oh come on guys like the pentagram. Nah, dude, you can't even do right. a pentagram, dude. Right. <laughs> I'm a cat meow. <laughs> um, uh, well, since for since you mentioned Lords of Chaos, the book, I had a I had a pre pre uh, prepared pre. Oh my god! I had a question for you guys. Uh, <laughs> prepared, pre-prepared question about what what are the essential books on metal that you guys would recommend reading? Mm. Uh, well, Sound of the Beast is a really good, you know, generalist book that covers a lot of ground. It covers you know the traditional stuff, but Ian had a chapter on uh, avant-garde metal. Uh, where he talked about master's hammer um mm. yeah, like uh brutal truths need to control nice um, naked city that sort of thing he yes. he's got a really really um uh like sensitive not, sensitive is probably the wrong word but like uh a very like personal kind of chapter on black metal like you can tell like that ian's relationship with that goes like well beyond what your average listener would in fact ian was sort of a conduit for me uh getting into black metal his enthusiasm for uh in the nightside eclipse uh particularly mm. um but also like the you know third and fourth battery records um so yeah i i think it, as far as an overview goes sound of the beast is one of the best uh i i and i mean I know I'm here with him, but Mean Deviation, uh, I think, is really one of the most important books, um, though it's it's certainly more specialized, um, but one of the, the most important metal books that, that I know. What do you guys think about Choosing Death? Yeah, I like it. I like Choosing Death. Yeah, I yeah. actually have two copies of it. So, yeah, I like <laughs> it, too. Yeah. yeah. So that's my recommendation right there. How was the second one versus the first one? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do have two. I have two copies of Lord of, Ch Lord of the Chaos because didn't they? Yeah, it was like a reprint with. A yeah, new, I think yeah. they added some material. Maybe. New shit. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've tended. I mean, this is a hard one for me to answer because I mean I have liked a lot of the Martin Popoff books. Um, some not so much, but then others I really like a lot. Um, it's hard for me to answer though because I know a lot of these people and I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, so I might just take the fifth, um, cause there are some books that I haven't liked and there are some books I love. And I just, like I said, I don't want to leave anybody out, um, or shit on anybody. Um, cause I'm just very familiar with most of these guys. Um, I mean, I think that, I think by and large though, I mean, there, there are very few essential metal books. I I've tended to read. Yeah. I've tended to read music books outside of metal. Um, I think partly because I have interests outside of metal, but also because, um, it keeps me a little fresher to, you know, I don't, I'm not always immersed and I can kind of get outside of the bubble. Like hunters turned me on to a guy named Simon Reynolds, who I don't have a whole lot in common with that guy at all musically, but, um, I love his writing. And I think any good author should be able to take a book. It's the same way as a, a documentary. Mm -hmm. Like I, mm -hmm. I hate Steely Dan, but I could watch that documentary because it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what, that's what a good writer should do. I've read two Rolling Stone books and I hate the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> I love the Beatles. I I've read a ton of Beatles books. Um, you read that, uh, you read that Rob Young book, didn't you? Electric Eden. 
Yes, I love that. Okay, That's yeah. about the folk movement, for the folk rock or folk movement yep. from the 60s and 70s in England. Um, uh, our band could be your life. That's uh, an amazing. Is that, is that Mike, Michael Lazarad? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. A fantastic book. Yeah, that's our really band cool. could be your life. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's the folk. That's the folk uh, rock. No, no, no. no. Oh, um, oh, our okay. band could be your life. Is about uh, uh, essentially like Indian punk between like Black Flag and then when Nirvana broke. But it's all indie bands. It's like and it's the chapters are profiles so it's like you black flag mission of burma fugazi um replacements beat happening my favorite no 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 let's just yeah let's not mention beat <laughs> happening the, the, <laughs> the less mentioned the better um but yeah no it's a fantastic fantastic book metal books i mean i've i liked the trend that was happening there when Istin was compiling all their issues slayer zine was compiling their issues sure. those, are, those are great those are fascinating uh, mm -hmm. i hope our methodology will do the same thing in the future is just put them all under one big you know bounded book and uh yeah uh, it's great stuff cool i'm gonna just ask the most blatant self-interested question uh what does it take to get a publishing deal to write a book on metal <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I mean, I, I, I know because I've been in the business, but um, it's a lot of hoops. It's a lot of um, it helps to have an agent. Um, you have to have a nonfiction book proposal. It's, it's a lot of stuff that you need to have in place um, and a little bit of luck. Um, mm -hmm. I would I, honestly I wouldn't recommend it because although I did bazillion points and that was a contract deal, and that was a true publishing contract and all that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I didn't have to deal with distribution or anything like that. I just wrote the book and, and just kind of saw it through as much as I could. Uh, and I'm always want, going to want to be as much of a part of it as I can, but um, mm -hmm. didn't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. But what I did was Soul on Fire. Um, I had approached a couple publishers or they approached me. Um, and I even talked to a couple of prospective agents and the kind of book that I knew that this was going to be, uh, <laughs> some of the content and some of the um, some of the characters involved that I was going to have to talk to, uh, it got pretty, it started, it, it was hard. It was hard. There was a lot of, there were a lot of people wanting to stop this book from happening. Um, there were a lot of warring factions within Peter's life, um, especially after his death. Um, a lot of people taking sides. So it was, it was rough. And I think people got scared away. So I just decided to do it myself. My, my Adrian, who's now my wife, she was then my girlfriend. She decided to put up a little money and said, well, why can't we do this? I could do the business aspects and publicity and you could do the writing and, and investigation. And she helped with some of the research. And um, we actually just were like, well, let's see if we can self publish that. And at mm -hmm. the time I was kind of down on that because it didn't seem like it was real. It didn't seem like it was legit. Mm -hmm. um, although, the final product I stand behind to this day. I'm very happy with it. And um, it sold a lot. It did really well. And um, we did it. We did everything. We, we, we published it. We sent, you know, I stuffed a bunch of envelopes. Um, and I think that even though it's a lot more hard work, um, you get the reward, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because you're not, you're not paying anybody to distribute. You're not taking a really small percentage. It's, it's on you to do the work. Uh, but then you get, you reap the profit or whatever. And it's like, you know, I didn't become a millionaire, but um, 
Um, I made, you know, a, a decent amount of money I think was worth doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided to do that for Fates Warning as well, because now I have the infrastructure to do it. So I'm just not, I'm not going to bother getting paid shit, getting a shit advance and getting sh shit royalties um, for a book like this, because it's a niche book. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, even as big as typo is or was, it's still niche, and um, I'm going to fulfill that niche probably better than anybody, uh, anybody at a publishing company, I feel. And and I'll be able I'll, I'll be able to do it because I have the experience from Soul on Fire success and um, do it that way. So, so when so you I, write a book like that, like a like a band book, do do a does a band take that book and sell it on their website? Is it like a they can? Like, okay, yeah, they can. I mean, Fate's Warning will. Uh, Metal okay. Blade's going to take some. Uh, Metal Blade have been really supportive, and um, yeah, that that'll and they were they were on board the whole way. Mm -hmm, so okay. um, they'll it's it's as much their product as mine in a, in a sense. I mean, I wasn't told by any of the band members to write anything in particular. I, this is my mm -hmm. this is my final product, but uh, they certainly were gave their time for interviews and and just um, just offering photos and offering tidbits of this and that. So, yeah, I mean, they, they will support it as much as they can. Forgive me if this is probing too much, but it, with the licensing, do you just license the imagery or it like, is there certain things that if you want to speak about them, you actually have to get a license for that as well? What do you mean by imagery? Like the, the logo and, and all that stuff for no, there's none of that. In fact, there was none of that for typo either. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I looked into the legalities of it. I did consult a lawyer a lot during Soul and Fire. Yeah. It was such a fucking nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, everything I did was above board and legal. And same thing with Fate's Warning. Um, there are there are certain things I, like, for instance, I couldn't claim, you can't do a Kiss book or you can't do a, who, who else yeah. has the logo? Metallica. You can't do bands like that and use their logo. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think when you're when you're down on the, on the, the kind of lower levels uh, yeah. where, where I'm at, it's it's cool you know? mm -hmm. yeah oh nobody, gene simmons would probably want all your profit probably. oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but there's nobody in typo's world who are like willing i mean i did you know there was a there was a certain group of people who didn't want me to use the little typo symbol you know the the circle and the, the sub-zero symbol mm -hmm. yeah. um in, in the book and i use that as like these little like kind of page breaks in in the chapters and which is uh, cool a little little touch Oh, absolutely. And that, that was my whole idea was like that, you know, I, and I was adamant about it. I'm like, I ha I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm yeah. going to do this. And they, they tried to tell me that I couldn't. And I said, well, fight me because this is a symbol that existed before Peter took it for typo. Right. Um, so you, you can get around that stuff. With the typo book, did you, so did you interact with Peter ever? Or was it more kind of stories you've heard or people you've interviewed or? I interviewed him once and I had some interaction with him a twice after that pretty brief but also memorable which is kind of the way it is with him um and then i i had monty connor um when i first had the idea of of the book i went to him because i knew he knew and i don't know if you guys know who monty connor is but he was big wig at roadrunner records during that whole period mm -hmm. um, and he you know he was responsible for signing a bunch of the death metal that was on roadrunner he was responsible for um harboring typo and, and sort of um you know, kind of their A&R guy those, all those years. So I went to him and he gave me some advice and he gave me a ton of contacts, contacts for his sisters, contacts for the band. Um, and then I just, I talked to just about everybody I could in and around Peter's circle. It was probably 55 to 60 interviews, I guess. 
Um, I even went to New York to do some, talked to Monty there, talked to Mark Abramson there, who's from Roadrunner as well, sat down with all of his sisters in New Jersey, did a live interview, um, sat down with two different significant girlfriends of his from the 80s, um, and then went home and did all the rest of the interviews on the phone. So um, it was just, it was trying to get as close as I could to him. And then, of course, I took quotes from my interview that I did with him in 92, 93, and also, um, you know, I, you know, I drew from various different sources, um, magazines, whatever. All you, and all you have to do is I had an end notes section at the end saying, you know, this this quote comes from this source. You know, as long as you cite the source, you can use it. So that's another legality I had to learn and, and figure out. Um, but uh, I, I got as close to the the bone as I could with the this edge, yeah. story. Yeah. All right. That's cool, dude. Hell yeah! Well, uh, uh, I was I had somewhere I wanted to go, but if anybody else, Joseph, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Or no, this add? is great. No, go ahead, Killer, dude. So, um, I kind of want to know how you and Hunter met. Oh, uh, Hunter, yeah, Hunter, well, Hunter, Hunter. Is, is he here with us? Is he there? <laughs> no, he lost. <laughs> he's, he's MIA at the moment, but he got okay. disconnected for he a was disconnected. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bedtime for Hunter. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll I guess I'll take it. Um, when I left Metal Maniacs, uh, my last issue, I put a little blurb in the you know in the magazine, like, "Hey, I'm I'm leaving. This is my last issue. Anybody wants to get a hold of me, here's my email." Um, that was kind of a mistake cause I got <laughs> way too many emails to like, deal with, but, um, <laughs> which is great. It's a nice problem to have, but, yeah. um, Hunter was one of many people who contacted me and he said, Oh, Hey, I have a band. Can I send you the demo? And of course I was like, Oh, great. You know, uh, yeah. you know, another shitty demo, uh, go ahead. Um, but he sent it and I was blown away. I, I, and this was when they had vocals and um, yeah. I, I heard a lot of great stuff going on and I was really, really interested in them. What was I, the name of that demo? Because actually I want to recommend it to everybody because I've listened to it after Hunter came on and it's a I, great I demo, dude. I don't think Canvas had names of dem their dem early demos. I mean, Hunter's back, so he can tell. They were asking us hey, how we yeah, back, how back, back. Sorry. No, it's all good, dude. So we, I asked uh, yeah, how I you guys had met. And so just to catch you up, it was right in the beginning of the story. He was in what it was the metal maniacs thing. And you gave away your email and you yeah. were one of the people that hit him up with your demo. So take so it. From I, there. I actually didn't. Um, it, Nathan was the more. Oh, Nate, um, Nathan did it. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. yeah you're the, right. The more, the more enterprising of the two. That's right. And um, yeah, Jeff and I just talked and found out that we had a lot in common, like bands like uh, Last Crack and Mind Over Four. No means no. Yeah, No Means No. Um, you know, Early Swans, Oblivion, Psychotic Waltz, whatever. And um, it, Nathan ended up uh, sending Jeff or, or asking Jeff if he could send um, our demo. And Jeff said, well, you know, you can. Um, and the only thing that I can guarantee you is perfect honesty. And I, Nathan said, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll take the, I'll take the risk. And he sent it yeah. and Jeff really liked it. And that, yeah, just kind of kindled the relationship. And we, uh, Jeff and I and Nate met at the one and only spiral architect live show in America in Whoa. November of 2001. Oh shit. 
and yeah. um, hung out at a really seedy <laughs> motel in South Atlanta after that. And uh, <laughs> li- li- listen to um, Eternus and Enslaved and Paradise Lost, Lost Times while, um, yeah, while a, a guy at a tow truck was getting served by a hooker in one of the rooms. <laughs> um, it, was, it, it was a great night. Yeah. <laughs> T- tell us a little bit about the spiral set. How was that, dude? Oh, it was great. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, there were a couple of uh, sound issues, but yeah, I mean they were they were so so good. Um, nice. Not the not the friendliest guys in the world, though. Really, we'll but that's say, your, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I found a lot of Norwegians to be like that, though. I don't think it's just them. I, yeah, I, Norwegians tend to be very reserved at first, and mm-hmm. although there are exceptions, uh, Grutla from Enslaved being one of them, that guy's a goof. But um, yeah, I mean, like mo- mostly they're reserved until you get to know them. I, I don't think they're as uh, forthcoming um, as as we're used to here in the states. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Erlen's an exception. Erlen yeah, there's was, a lot yeah. of people. It's just it's just one of those. I mean, I mean, touring with uh, I toured with uh, what was Insafirum from Finland, and there's there's bands like that where you you tour with these bands and they're kind of standoffish and really quiet, and then because we're kind of you know more, and when you go to their countries and stuff, everyone's kind of like on their own path. They're not really like. They're not talking out of, you know, they're basically just walking down the street. They're not trying to engage with anyone. They're kind of doing their own thing. That's kind of the culture in which they live. And, like, at first you're like, oh, this guy's, in, like, kind of weird and being kind of, like, standoffish and rude and short with me and walking away all weird and shit. And, and then, like, you get a little vodka and then they're your fucking best <laughs> friends. You know, they're like, like there's, there was times where I, like, with Insafirum, like, I was like, oh, it's a, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I like a few songs by them. And I was really stoked to tour with them. And, um it became a thing where like, you know, they're all like in their full, like their makeup thing with the, like the Finland flag on and, and all the things. And they're all like serious and shit. And we're just like having fun, like cheersing and having a good time. And then, um, by the end of the show, they like, once they're in the mode, they get the show done and they're, they're out hanging out and they're like hitting the bottle and the vodka or whatever. They were like arm around you. Fucking awesome, man. You know? And then the next morning back to, Hello. (laughs) It was it was just kind of like a it was a culture shock for me because at first I was you know you take it personally at first you're like what the I'm being super nice to him and he's not reciprocating in the way that I want you know you and I uh, you and I are used to wearing our farts on our sleeve dude (laughs) exactly exactly and I'm the guy as soon as you meet me I'm the same guy as when I leave it's just (laughs) and and if it doesn't work I'm sorry you know. It's yeah, and they're, I mean, that's just kind of how they—they're down to like they're down to have that like awkward, like silence. They're and when they're not partying, they're just like, you know, work. We're doing the work. We're getting it done, and then they just come out of their shell sometimes. And you're like, oh fuck, you're. I mean, and, uh, decapitated had a couple guys like that too. Um, the bass player filling for decapitated was like, I was like six shows. Like, man, thank you. Like, you know, like, and like we're on tour together and i'm like oh okay well you're one of my favorite bands cool tight but uh <laughs> but i am still night, respectful yeah. of that as well too with people no i understood like, it after a while there's people but at, that, at the beginning you don't understand in the beginning they they yeah. they burst out of the shell and you're like all right dude let's fucking roll dude let's go have some fun and i'm i'm not like i'm just like okay dude i've been waiting for it let's do it you know I'm not like, yeah, oh, dude, you, you took too long to break out of your shell, dude. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. No, it's yeah. just like, all right, dude, you caught up. Let's do this. Boom. Well, sometimes it takes like a you know a week on tour before they speak to you. And you're like, 
you're kind of like, well, kind of fuck this guy. I don't. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they start coming out of their shell, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, it's like a, it's like my cat, like a cat, like you've earned it. Like if the cat's an asshole to you all the time, and then finally that cat jumps in your lap one day, and you're like, That's fuck yeah, analogy, this cat's the shit. You know, it's like, That's it's funny. like most of the cats yeah. like hiding from everyone, but once it like, it's like, all right, you're cool, I'll jump in your lap, dude. And then you're like, this cat's the shit. Like this, not one of those like cats that wants like slut love yeah. from everyone. This cat. Slut love. <laughs> and uh, it's all coming but around. You know, it's, like, I mean, it's like cruising around. It's Sagan like, a slut? It's Sagan a slut for slut He's love? He's turned into one. No, he used to be the one that would hide. He would hide from everyone. And then you had to like hang out as a friend for six months. And then maybe he'd what, come out. And What crazy you know. psychology, though. It's like when the cat doesn't, like, it runs away, you're like, oh, kitty. And then when it comes up to you, you're like, ah, go away. You know? Like, <laughs> you're so that's like, yeah. yeah, that's after a while. That takes a while before you want it to go away. Mm. But uh, coming back to Spiral Architect, that reminded me. Those guys are sick. Spiral man. back to Spiral Architect. <laughs> yeah, let's spiral right back around. That was one of the Dude. episodes you guys did on your podcast, and they this can is play instruments. To, they can play instruments. It's true. Yeah, they do. Um, but but that's like a band that I kind of forgot about or hadn't listened to, and then when I was like diving into radical research and checking out all the episodes you guys had done. It was one of those uh, episodes that I was like really stoked on. I'm not gonna lie, there are only maybe like seven or eight of your episodes that are like on bands I already know, but it was <laughs> one of the ones that reignited my interest in it. And I like, I was driving from LA to San Francisco, and I listened to that episode amongst many others, and I got super into that again. And um, I just want you to know that that's the effect that your ep that your podcast has. It reignited my interest in Spiral Architect. I remember Alchemist being another band that I used to love, and then you guys got oh, me back right, into right. them. Yeah, and I I'm sure that's what you guys are aiming for. And I want you to know, as Absolutely. a listener, it's working. I'm like yeah, reigniting all these bands that I just haven't listened to because there's like no one I've literally no one I've ever talked to about these bands before in my life. And I was just mm. a, like a teenager on the internet getting into Thank metal. You. Mm -hmm. and uh that's, so, I mean, so yeah that's, that's huge for us that's always always the best and like um when we started we weren't sure if anybody would really grasp you know disharmonic orchestra or pantheimonium or any of these bands we wanted to talk about pyogenesis whatever and um and no, no one did grasp that well pi nobody <laughs> we are we, yeah, we did find we were on our own island with that band but but but, but you know, surprisingly and, and, and very beautifully, like so many people from so many different countries, I mean, Estonia and, and down, down in South America. And, and uh, it just, I just, it, 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 the reach has been pretty far in terms of like people that go, hell yeah, I didn't know anybody else was into that stuff still, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I mean, that's, that's the whole point, but we weren't really sure if we were going to find anybody, but we found a bunch of people uh, who dig this stuff. And, you know, we're not trying to be obscure for its own sake. There's nothing we're going to pull out just because, oh, we haven't done it and it's really obscure. We have to love it. We have to think that mm -hmm. it like, had value then and has value now um, mm -hmm. when we still listen to this stuff, you know, as if it's brand new to us. I mean, uh, we still get a charge out of it as if it's really new. So uh, so we really have been pleased with, like you say, you know, you you rediscovered Alchemist or rediscovered Spiral Architect. You have, it, it's surprising how many people will... Uh, get a hold of it after an episode and, and say the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then just purely I, there. I have a version of that that I texted Hunter. I can't remember what band it was, but if you go back, Hunter, if we go back in our text, there is a text that I sent. I was like, dude, you made me dust off this album, and I thank you so much for that. Awesome. It's, 
it's exactly what the professor's talking about right now, dude. And that's wild. I'm just hearing him say that. And I'm like, whoa, dude, there's this, this common thing that's happening while listening to this show. So please, any, anybody who's listening to this show, go out there and, and download some radical research episodes, because even if it's something that you, you haven't heard of, they're going to make you at least interested to go out and, and check out what they're talking about because one compliment yeah the same thing that what anthony's kind of piggyback and what anthony's saying just even like bands that i've never heard of or something like your guys's back and forth is like it's good to listen to it's like really like i was driving around today listening to it and it's just fun to listen to i was like yeah, well, you had no idea you what listen bands to this are show you're de- sometimes it, you definitely but, don't yeah. get too many smart people talking uh, uh, <laughs> So. Well, I mean, but, but 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 that's the other thing. We've we've had people go, God, I really like to hear people talk about music like this the way I do inside totally. my head or with my friends. And I didn't know that you guys were out there. I was like, well, great, because you know, um, you know, if Hunter and I are out there talking about it this way, then certainly more other people, more people will be out there as well. We're not, we can't possibly be the only ones. And mm-hmm. Hunter and I've always just always had a great rapport. Like that's obviously why we're really close friends is um, it goes beyond just the music. And just, I think we just have a good thing, but uh, we have a good chemistry. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad it's fun to listen to. I, 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 if there's one thing I wish I had more time to just do and, and, and make this, uh, make the podcast better, um, it's just the technical aspect. I wish I had super pro sound. I wish I had, um, you know, just, I don't know. I wish we could, I wish I could spend more time writing a script for an episode in terms of just, because sometimes we'll just fly by the seat of our pants because we know this stuff so well. Um, but I just don't have, I don't know, just it's, it's, it's a time thing, you know? Um, I, I just have to clarify something real quick. When I was, <laughs> what I said earlier, I was talking about the hosts only. I wasn't talking about any guests. All of my, uh, our guests, uh, I didn't say anything about them not being smart. <laughs> I'm saying mainly me, but I wanted to take the resident homies down with me. If I, was I will say, I will say though, that the, you guys are probably the most like well-spoken, intelligent guests we've had. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea how fucking dumb I am. I mean, no idea. I mean, yeah, dude, same, you have no idea how dumb I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking white claws right now. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I, for for me, like one of the most satisfying outgrowths of radical research has been this sort of podcast, the uh, the playlist world. Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have started posting our playlists every every couple of weeks it's about weekly weekly by now yeah Mm -hmm. yeah on on facebook and it's led to our listeners developing relationships with each other and having conversations about this music completely Mm -hmm. outside of radical research yeah that's awesome and that's really satisfying to see yeah yeah, yeah. Like one totally. one guy, one guy will get like twelve likes, and you know, in the first hour of us posting the lists, um, and that's that just doesn't ha- that kind of interaction doesn't happen that often, uh, at least that I can see uh, on on that platform these days. And um, so I'm just, you know, we've got like this little community um, who that's awesome, dude. The listeners know each other. It's not about us anymore. It's not about the music as uh, you know right. that we're featuring on whatever episode it is. It's become like Hunter said. Uh, just about, oh my God, you know, you're into that. Well, you know, or, or just sharing stories about getting into stuff or whatever. Well, the, you know? the podcast is based on the love of having conversations about ideas and, and subjects that you too love. So it's like, 
it's just expanding. You're just finding more people that want to be in on the conversation. And now there's this community that has started their own conversation within yeah. this little radical research bubble. You know, yeah, and, satisfying. and we're just really encouraged to see people who have tastes that are as diverse and strange as ours. You know, like um, I've, I've been surprised to see some of the weird prog rock from the 70s that's on some people's list that I thought only Hunter and I really knew, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's one guy that's always like cheering when we throw on some Italian prog rock album um, that happened to be in our listening that week. It's just, wow, those people are out there. I, you know, we thought we were the only ones. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Hell yeah, yeah I, like, I, I had a list one time and it had, it was like Il Boleto de Bronzo and then a Gangstar record. And <laughs> the, guy, the guy was listening to um, like Musea Rosenbach and the same Gangstar record that week. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why that's why Hunter and I vibe so well is that oh, we yeah. we take pride in if we could if we were to build a playlist that were to represent us we we pick th throughout several different genres of music and hip hop is definitely going to be on that playlist. Okay, yeah. 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 Anthony, I think that the album What about you, Jeff? Believer Dimensions. No. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 Believer. Yep. That shit I went, I went back through the text totally dude and that that was something that yeah you guys made me dust off and and again just it, i was reassured of my connection with that album yeah. and that's the that's the whole point of being a collector for me is i i purposefully shelve albums that i i have such uh connection with because i don't want to lose the connection with it so I want to have the experience with it is and as soon as I feel like I've had my fill, I put it right back on the shelf and leave it for a while before I naturally want to pull it back off the shelf again. And I usually do. I usually yep. do this cycle thing where I'm going back through these 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 phases and waves that that I listen to music and 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 it also has to do with when i'm writing music so right now i'm not listening to really any death metal at all because i i want to stay away from it if i'm thinking about writing death metal so it's all hip-hop and weird ambient experimental shit right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no cool. for me like there's nothing more magical than rediscovering an album Definitely. that you know and then finding something new in it and i think sure. that the kind of music that we're all into it all has the potential for that kind of rediscovery yep yes yep most definitely i mean and also too another i mean having your own metal podcast where you guys are or not even metal but prog rock all the you know all the genres you guys get into um one thing that we kind of never talk about but actually is which I, listening to your guys' podcast is hilarious because it, it made me think for a while. I was uh, driving today. I've mentioned it multiple times, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was driving a car. You drove so amazing! Wow! Yeah, I, like made a fucking. I put my blinker on. <laughs> fucking. Man, you, you, you guys are in the drive. <laughs> yeah, There's a, right. a little traffic. <laughs> but uh, go, but, go uh, on, I, go on. I like. I know. I like. The, I like the part where you're. You guys. I like where this is going. Well, no, as as like you know, as uh you know, avant garde, whatever, just deep music people. You guys will be like, 
someone will throw something out there and you're like, well, that sucks. That album sucks. <laughs> you know, like there's kind of like a, there's kind of a beauty in that a little bit because you know, it's because your opinions are so diverse and deep and shit. Well, that goes back to um, <laughs> that goes but, uh, back to uh, Jeff's response to dude, Nathan. To oh fuck yeah, listen to White Claw. Uh, what up, Seven Gs? Yeah, I got. Um, some, I'm saving questions, by the way, guys. I'm just because yeah, these I know, guys are fucking smart as shit. So, right? uh, I'm not, I don't want to interrupt them. Sorry, but sorry. yeah, no, no it's, fuck I, the fans, dude. It's not. <laughs> I forgot what that's I was saying. That's a good question. That's too funny. That's too funny. Sorry. But no, it's 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 definitely the camaraderie. I mean, that's like metalheads. Metalheads are like that. They're like, you know, they 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 put their lines in the sand. They're like, this band I'm not into, and I'm going to tell you about it. And this band I'm that's really into it, it because right. of because of these certain aspects and stuff. But it never really gets talked about. Um, I don't want to make it sound like it's an elitist thing because I do the same fucking thing where I'm just like, no, you know, like I want to be like, no, I didn't like that one. Or someone's like, I love that album. I'm like, ah, not into it. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know. Yeah, if, if I if I catch what you're saying, I, I um, you know, we're so passionate and, and in love with so many things musically that, uh, you know, it's going to swing the other way for stuff we don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't think we're we're afraid to to shit on an album if if we think it sucks. Totally. Well, I was going to take it back to uh, your email situation where you said, yeah, I'll I'll listen to it, but you're going to get only perfect honesty you know which yeah and that's 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 really i mean as a reviewer that's what exactly what you would want to do you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna steer gear your view to people and want to like be find a certain uh audience of your reviews and and want to like push it towards them you want to really just represent yourself as a reviewer you don't want to read a review review site that gets only gives only four and a half and five stars you know like you don't want to like you know what i mean like you want yeah 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 Yeah. it's like okay well the label gave this to you and you're going like oh yeah um, like 4.8 stars because you know like it's nothing below like three is the worst that they do it's like you want someone to like give you their honest opinion about something. You know what I mean? I That's what think, I like about it. Yeah, I also think it's not so much about being jaded. I, I think I've, I've, I've been immersed in this for so long that um, I could be jaded. I don't think I am, but I think what I am is hyper picky because the bar is now so high because I've listened to so much different stuff yeah. um, and had so much access to all of it for so long that um, you can't help but but ha- you keep that bar way up here um, and get a little pickier because um, it's hard. To, it, it would be hard to find uh, great things to say about every single piece of music that comes your way. Totally. Um, and that got even that, that got almost I became almost apathetic when things like YouTube and, and Spotify came out in terms of just being able to um, access everything. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, suddenly it had almost no meaning. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. And I just I. There was a time I probably for a couple of years I reverted completely into just stuff that I already have. Um, I did the same thing, dude. But but I'm 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 always keeping up with 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 what's going on out there. It's just uh, at least in metal, I'm 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 impressed by less and less every year. But I just think that's because of the age of the of the genre and you know again that bar being so high. Like how are you going to top this or how are you going to top yeah. that? It's it's. You know, there's a lot of bands out there that are competent um, and playing it really well and technically very good. But um, where's the you know the character? 
Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just not hearing it. So again, that's, I just think it's a function of me knowing too much. You know, if I was, if I was a 17 year old kid, I think some of these new bands would sound fucking fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm just not there. Um, and I don't think it's a thing of being jaded. I just think it's more, um, <laughs> exposure. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a vulgar comparison here, but it is something that is just, I'm being reminded of while you're saying that, which is like pornography and, and the dudes that get super addicted to pornography, they got to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into porn. And they're, <laughs> they're getting so extreme with it that they, they're still, it's all about boredom. So it's like, is that how we look at death metal and the rabbit holes that we beat it out in? <laughs> Um, possibly yeah i mean uh here's the thing like i remember back what was it late 90s early 2000s um you would get guys who were listening to things that were only on united guttural and i don't know deathgasm yeah nothing against those labels but it was like this was this was their entire musical meal every day all the time and i thought that's great i fucking love death metal too but doesn't it become the norm? It's kind of what you're saying about pornography. It becomes once you just this is this is the norm for you. This is the daily thing. Like how does uh, you you have to throw it against something that's completely different to understand why it's so extreme, right? If you're listening to extreme all the time, it mm-hmm. would it would seem to not feel extreme anymore after a time. I I mean that's just me, maybe. I no, no, it's it's human, dude. I think that really is what it is, dude. That we constantly push the ceiling, and then you get to a certain point where the ceiling can't be pushed anymore. So then it spreads out and then it's all spread thin at that point. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, definitely. Um, I, I, I wanted to go back just to this kind of interesting point about uh, the role of a music critic and the value of a critic when they only g- give positive reviews. Like it's, it's like something about, you know, it's, it's untrustworthy. I, I wrote a review for, uh, a band who I'm now playing in later this year, um, and it it raised this interesting question, which is like, am I actually able to to review bands and become like a music critic if if I'm a part of the very scene? Uh, mm. Because obviously, I don't want to like say anything negative about the homies and anything, but I don't want to just promote. Uh, I, I, like, yeah, you know, you, you can see, and like my brother and I've had this conversation. He's also a musician, and he's like. Yeah, musicians have to be nice to everybody, and critics have to be mean to everybody, and it's hard to be both. Yeah, um, and I yeah, think I did it pretty true, nuanced man. with that one review, and it, that's literally the only one I have to my name yet. Uh, if I want to get back into it, I was thinking how how troubling that would be, since I want to also be a musician and be active in the scene. Yet I feel like musicians themselves are maybe in some of the best positions to be critics of other music. So it's like I, an interesting voice to have. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I've, I've heard that whole argument of like, um, if you give a negative review, the band will come back at you and be like, oh, well, I don't see you out here doing this and playing music and all that. It's like, well, you know, I don't have to be a master painter to know if a Van Gogh is good or if it's shit. I don't, mm-hmm. have, to, I don't have to be a master pizza baker to know if this pizza is fantastic or shit. If I have enough experience with this stuff, pretty soon I'll be able to understand why something is bad or good, right? Mm-hmm. So, so as a musician, you would avoid that completely, right? You, you, you're like, uh, but then it brings on a new set of potential problems, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a musician and having peers that you may be uh, critiquing. Um, yeah, 
And I remember figuring out a nuanced way to do it for me was critiquing the older catalog of the band that I was reviewing the newer material of. And that was a way to balance some positive and negativity within one review. And they said that was fair and you brought up good points and, and we agree with you on that. And it was like, okay, that's a way to do it. So I'm like thinking ahead, like there, you have to be sort of polite about your critiquing, but I think that that makes the positive things you say come off even stronger. Um, I think there's a, a good lesson in, in, in that. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, that's all. I guess um, I just, one other thing was, I remember, I don't know too much about the history of like music criticism. My brother was saying Rolling Stone back in the day and these critics were well-known, well-respected. They were all assholes. And I just don't know anyone like that anymore. Like I, I think that maybe I don't know enough to even make a, any kind of substantial point here. But I think there's something that's been lost in the world of music criticism uh, oh, no, no today. Question. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I think the the entire notion of like the dedicated music critic is is more or less over. Like you had like the the British weeklies back in the day, like Village Voice. Greg Tate wrote for Village Voice every week and and wrote essential music journalism like every week. You think about guys like Lester Bangs that wrote for Cream. I mean, those guys don't really exist anymore. Do you, do you um, think, Hunter, do you think it's because anybody can write a review nowadays and have some level of authority and it's just become so watered down that there is no authority anymore? Yeah, I mean, I, the yeah, the infrastructural changes, um, I think, led to all that. I mean, everyone has... I mean, everyone's always had a voice, but now everyone has access to express that voice. It's like anybody can have a SoundCloud page and all of a sudden they're a musician. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But maybe you shouldn't be making music. <laughs> I, yeah. I think you, have to, you have to work less to be heard. Uh, yeah. Whereas Lester Bangs would have gone through the ropes and done his job uh in the trenches to be heard you know what i mean right um, yeah yeah right. well hopefully well it's 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 the onus is on the reader to then identify somebody who's just full of shit and has no experience versus oh yeah this guy seems to be talking with some degree of cred and um some degree of experience so you know hopefully that still exists out there somewhere well i mean i think it does at the wire um sure yeah that's a good example they're, they're, a bit, they're a bit snobby, but, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, they are. But, I mean, in some ways, that's like a reaction to the, you know, overly democratic approach of the Internet and, you know, and what that allows. True, true. You know, it, it's, yeah. It, yeah. I just said that the anchor chain, so, you know, it didn't get yeah. that response. So. Well, it is. I mean, it, 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 it is. Um, but I kind of appreciate that. You know, I sure. think they they yeah, they earn the right to be. OK, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Just one other point is I when I was doing like a kind of literature review of, of death metal books, there's one I think it's a dissertation called like death metal and the limits of music criticism. And I just started reading it again. And one of the main points it starts with is that the history of music criticism is that it's been tied closely to like politics and, and social mm -hmm. criticism, more generally cultural studies. Um, and it, 
it it grips on better it gets a better grasp onto things like punk music or you know indie or rock or anything that is a little more socially conscious or part of some sort of larger culture and and trying to make a statement that you know can maybe affect a change in the world and metal seems to be its own weird fantasy world in a lot of ways and uh, the point that the, the book makes is that it's at the limits of music criticism. It's like impossible for music critics to use their usual toolbox to analyze this stuff when they're used to thinking about what the, what it means for culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think there's a special kind of familiarity you need with metal to be able, especially death metal or like technical death metal, to be able to really understand uh, what these people, what these kids are going for in making music. Cause it's not the same thing as the punk rockers of the seventies and eighties. It's, it's a different kind of statement. Um, so that's just a little more, I just I've been thinking about this stuff right now. Yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, for, for years, metal was dismissed by critics, but mm-hmm. I, I think it had more to do with the, the limitations of the critics themselves in grappling with something that is so abstract I mean, there there certainly has always been a fantasy element to metal, um, but but it, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to listen to Bob Dylan and talk about his lyrics or you know the session musicians on it. It's a whole other thing to you know listen to a Spawn of Possession record and, and, and really really dissect it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like, where 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 do you start? very good question i've also also been wary for a long time about these books or these critiques where they try to bring in these socio-political economic uh aspects of what you know what's happening at the time during Mm -hmm. this certain musical movement like that's all great that's all great and i think that it has some legitimacy i'm not going to like say it doesn't but i also think it misses the point I think it is yeah. the point of the escape, um, of the imagination, um, of the art, um, of the fact, in my opinion, that music is the absolute greatest thing that humankind has ever done. Mm-hmm. It, it makes up for a lot of our, our foibles and, and bullshit that we that we've perpetrated. Um, but the point the point is, I, I, I pretty much ignore all of that stuff simply because um, I want I want to keep the music um pure and and part of the imagination part of part of the the internal process uh, of listening and and none, no talk about you know w- what's happening in society or politics is going to help my relationship with the music i listen to um again i you know it's that's an individual thing I, i'm sure some other people get off on that um well I, I don't. I don't enjoy it, and I, and I just avoid it completely. So I think one of the things that you and I, one of the many things where we find common ground is the thing that we love most in music writing, is writing that is about the music. And so, I mean, you mentioned Martin Popoff earlier. I have plenty of issues with Popoff, but his enthusiasm for the music always comes through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it triumphs everything else, and and that's what I want to read. Music is mu- talking about music is enough. It doesn't need to be justified. It doesn't need to be propped up with theory. Um, I, I really like one of my like one of the things that really really grinds my gears is people outside of metal that want to like metal but are somehow ashamed of it. 
And so mm-hmm. I said, I heard somebody was talking about uh, Mayhem's um, Ordo Ad KO. Mm-hmm. And the guy clearly loved, he was like, yeah, it's like if Varez was played on guitars. It's like, no, it's a fucking metal album. <laughs> and it doesn't need to be anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's, it's an expression of the artists themselves. So it's like it's yeah. all subjective in reality. Like it, and I think it, people have a hard time grappling with that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they want to somehow find some sort of, you know, objective baseline, in it, and it's not. It is truly the expression of the artist. And that's yeah. it's, it's funny you mentioned pop up too, because I remember seeing. Um, something of his on Facebook, maybe about six months or eight months ago, he was writing or maybe had just put out a book on Ted Nugent. And um, I gather that much like all of other pop-offs books, it was just all about the music and, and nothing else. Cause there's a lot you can talk about with Ted. Um, <laughs> and, and, and there were people in this thread, like trying to goad Pop-off into commenting on Ted's politics and all that bullshit that he's about. And, mm-hmm. um, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't bite. Like he just would refuse. And he, and in fact, some of his responses were like, um, boy, I sure dig the riff in some, I don't know, some, some obscure song to show that, like, like he knew the deep tracks and this is what it's about. It's about the music. And I, I really honored, I was really impressed with him for that because he yeah. was keeping it real. He was keeping it about the music. I don't think Popoff has a lot in common with Ted politically, but I, but um, he likes his music. So I think that that, I think he was trying to do the, let's separate the art from the artist. You've got to do that, especially listening to metal. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. If I, got, if I got rid of like, like any record, <laughs> here we go on the soapbox. Again, but if I got rid of any record that was by a person who did something unsavory at some point in their life, I would have, 90 percent of the shit yeah <laughs> like, i mean come on you know we, we've had to learn to to separate we're talking them. about norwegian black metal i was about to say yeah. like yeah, uh, black metal is yeah, yeah. completely well. out the door at that point <laughs> we, we, all the stuff that we've we shared so much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we clear of those scenes so, you know I, I actually can we <laughs> Can we get back to you two? And because really, I feel like we only left it at that email. Like, I want to oh. see how your relationship grew and developed, how you guys stayed in touch, how that moved forward into actually deciding to get a podcast going. Yeah, we've never lived in the same um, city. We've always been kind of long distance friends. Um, so if that email happens, sure. you get the Canvas demo. And then, so you you followed Canvas through their years. I came for across sure. it the first demo. Their first release was it, for the masses. Was how I came across it. Okay. Found it. I found it in a magazine. Can't remember which one, but there was a little. Because uh, uh, what were you guys on? Tribunal. Yeah. Yeah. First. Yeah. Tribunal uh, Records did a little uh, cutout. Animosity, little, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a that's a deep cut. That's crazy, right? Canvas and animosity on the same. Yeah, no idea. Point, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck. So, yeah, I see that in like a half a half page buyout on some. Yeah, it's probably thing. like a quarter page. No, <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. If it was only a quarter page, they they uh, they banked that that space on canvas. You know, 
So I, I heard about Canvas, and, and I probably already said it on the, the Hunter episode last, but it, all the bands that were cited as recommendations, because that's usually how things were happening back then, dude. If you're a fan of these bands, check out this band, you know? And it was, it was Cynic and uh, Death and all this, like, shit that I was loving. So I was like, oh, yeah, dude, Canvas Solaris. Let's check this shit out, dude. And I got that, that first EP, with the Spatial EP, and loved it, dude. And then I bought everything else after that immediately. <laughs> everything that was available and anything that came out since then. Okay, so enough of me sucking Hunter's dick for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, let me just let's say... Let's not start sucking each other's dicks. <laughs> I wasn't on the last episode with Hunter, so I wanted to just also throw my hat in. I'm a huge Canvas Solaris fan yeah, as well. Dude, it's, they're such a fucking good band. Atomized Dream, dude. Oh, my God. I said me too, bro. Me too, bro. Come on. Anybody yeah, yeah. listening to this right now, if you have not listen to the canvas solaris go check it out or solaris however we're all just like piling on wait we have, you actually man piling hunter right now just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's a killer drummer i love him so much all right um but yeah so okay the the relationship builds from this email that's what i'm saying so you guys just back and forth in email yeah, Occasional, like we would talk on the phone. Yeah, occasional visits. You would come down to Virginia. I'd come down to Georgia. Well, and then I I moved to um, I moved to North Carolina for school, and we were about an hour apart at that point. That's when we started spending more time together, hanging out, and you know, listening and stuff. And yeah, and it's just been that ever since. Just the the visits and the and the communication, constant communication. And really, you know, I, I think I said it in the first. Uh, episode of Radical Research where it just grew out of phone conversations where we'd be like, we'll start with like, hey, let's talk. We're talking about this music and this is on our mind and then we go to this thing and we go to this thing. And really, that's there's just really not a whole lot of difference between those calls and Radical Research. It's just such a good feeling when you're yeah, just like, hey, do you check this out? Oh, I love it. Or either they didn't know they knew it or already and they loved it or they fall in love with it. And then you're just like, Oh, dude, we were just like dancing with music, like and, and again, and I, yeah. I think the bond. I mean, all of my best friends are people I met through music, mm-hmm. uh, and people I have music in common with. But uh, Hunter and I had this uncanny. We mentioned it before, but it has to be said again. This uncanny parallels, many uncanny parallels with what we liked. That w- it wasn't just it was outside of metal too, uh, mm-hmm. as well as inside of metal. And it just, um, I just think that. We could we understood each other completely. Yeah, musically. We have yeah, yeah same sense of humor, like the same you know comedy shows. Um, yeah, both really into food. You know, nice. like, hold on, we're about one hour thirty three minutes in. I think all you've been trying to do is talk about. I think you should leave. I think it's, it's exactly. What <laughs> you mentioned comedy and now we're now I love we're that show dude. I fucking love that show that is maybe the best comedy 
IFC. See, I, I'm a yeah, Tim and Eric I mean, guy. I've, I love I've, Tim and Eric. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, those. Are, that's my comedy duo, and John yeah. C. Riley involved in that with his, oh, his rule dude. Yeah. I love yeah. all that Dr. stuff. Dr. Doctor Brule. See Brule, but like I think you should leave is is a continuation of that that abstract dark yes. but it's also its own thing they're not yeah. they're not ripping off tim and eric it's um exactly yeah, yeah. i turned i turned hunter onto it i guess it was just a couple months ago when i was down there last and uh yeah it's just consumed our life ever since highly recommended he's an oh, snl he's yeah. an snl writer so tim robinson was yeah. an snl writer then he and sam richardson did detroiters uh, which is also highly recommended. And then after Detroiters, they did I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. yeah, dude. And I think that, like, currently the writer is starting to come out and be in the spotlight a lot. Yeah, more. I think that's a good thing. You know, yeah. there's, John, there's John Mulaney. John Mulaney was a writer. Oh, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. I think Great example. Great, Great he's example. Now, he's now selling out, you know, big places as a stand-up because uh, he's fucking great you know? so if you're in if let's tie that back into podcast real quick and i've mentioned it on the show a few times but comedy bang bang have you ever heard of that i've heard show? of it i don't know okay it. so it was a show on ifc but it was a podcast before that and it's still a podcast today and scott ackerman who is actually the one of the executive producers on another weird show auntie donna's big old house of fun you ever watched that one? I've yeah, heard of it, but you know. awesome. Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which right. is literally today's straight up turned up to 11, crazy fucking twisted P, uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman fun house. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. And, and it is these three dudes from Australia. I don't know any of their names off the top of my dome, but they are all improv geniuses. I, improv comedy is like my favorite shit now and right. it's been for several years but like right now i'm starting to go deep into it again and and these australian dudes fucking know what's up with the weird fucking twisted <laughs> tim and eric so weird like out out there fucking almost anti-comedy dark comedy abstract comedy like i, I dude is watch my... that you used to watch that evening the improv show right i mean that was classic which oh, one yeah. The nineties, yeah. just those guys were great, dude. The the evening at the yeah. improv, always. I loved watching that. Always remember yeah. that shit. Well, yeah. If you go That's back, good. it's like Kids in the yeah. Hall too. And oh, yeah. Kids yeah. in the Hall is like my favorite show. Yeah, yeah. Kids yeah. in the I Hall. Mon- uh, uh, yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade. Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh hell yeah, dude! Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, it, this is like that. That oh, yeah. was that nineties like version of this. But like that. now, it's like yeah. everything's turned up to eleven, dude. I keep using that Final Cut reference, dude. Yeah. Everything is turned up to eleven, Isn't but sometimes it? <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad thing when things are turned up to eleven, and you can just. Ha- I think, it, I think the, the best movie ever made, did, uh, pretty much. I think when you wield when you wield the weirdness the way that Tim Robinson and Zach Cannon do, and I think you should leave. I mean, uh, it's, it's great. I, you know, weirdness for weirdness's sake doesn't work in music, comedy, or anything else. It's got to. It's it's got to be that step above, and got to be great. And um, they are. It just. That yeah. show and, and what's happening in comedy right now, I think I think it's pretty fertile. And um, yeah, that's that's another passion of ours, I suppose. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll do a children's hospitals. Anybody watch that? Oh fuck yeah, dude! See, <laughs> this is why I'm saying comedy bang bang would be your shit, dude. Because all of your favorite people are on that show, dude. Okay, okay. this is this is like okay, the, that's awesome. It, it, Kendra, it is Kendra the culmination. Reno, 
all the best like improv people and writers that just come on the show and there's characters and literally characters that have developed into shows came out of this. They were doing the podcast back in like 2010, all the way up until now, almost 800 episodes and wow. literally wow. all the who's who for comedians, dude has been on this show and, and whether they get involved in the improv aspect of or, uh, it, sometimes it'll be just like, okay, we're going to have this actual comedian just be themselves. We're going to have them as a co-host. And then there'll be two other comedians that just come on as characters. And it's all no plans, no nothing, dude. Whatever happens, happens. And it it is way more times than not gut-holding laughter. <laughs> and, nice. and, and how things are born on the show. And then you you keep listening and you see how these characters develop for some of these people, dude. And then it ends up turning into a show that you, you probably, some people already have been watching for years and it was born on this podcast. You know, it's like, fuck dude. These are all the, these are all the, the, the pros, the serious pros, dude. Sorry that I forced the turn into comedy, but I had to. Oh, no, no I love dude. It. I love yeah. it. It's all good. Apologize, actually, Anthony, Anthony's actually been pretty, like, dialed in yeah. with, because, like, you know, I've been into podcasts and stuff for a long time, like, since 2009, 2008, like, touring, like, downloading them on my iPod, mm. and just for, like, you know, long hauls and stuff like that. And uh, one day he was, like, because, you know, we were trying to, like, one-up each other. We're like, what's the next cool podcast? And this one just came out. It's called, uh, obviously, you guys know it now. It's Kill Tony. It was yeah. like a brand. It was oh, brand yeah. new though. It was brand new, and I yeah. was like, I was like, I'm not listening to it, dude. Fuck that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kept listening to it, and I'm like, hey, dude, check yeah. it out. And I'm then I then I started watching it. it like every whatever Monday or, or Tuesday that it came out, and uh, I don't yeah. listen to it anymore. But um, right. yeah, on Mondays they would record it on think, Mondays, come out on Tuesday. Oh, it's I like it became, it's like super popular now, and like the, it's not as funny. Like it's like. It's like it's like a, a com comedian like Tom Segura. Like Tom Segura was way funnier when he was like fatter. That when, when he when he lost all the weight, like he started not being as funny. And like your mom's house, I listened to from the beginning. Like listen I don't to know your what mom's you're talking about, dude. I still think yeah. that Tom's think, like the funniest. He's gotten funnier again because he's gotten fatter again. <laughs> when he was all thin and like all cranky, he wasn't funny at all. I I was like, this sucks. I was and like, I'll also back, I'll also back YMH is one of the greatest podcasts ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, Duncan, Duncan Trussell's my favorite probably another podcaster. One. Duncan Trussell, family Duncan Trussell's probably like the best. But I mean, he doesn't do enough, and he's just like, see, I, I, I listened to him doing. early before it was even Duncan Duncan Trussell Family Hour. It was called the uh, Lavender Hour. Hour. That's right. That's right. Yeah, me too. Natasha, dude. Yeah, yeah. All right, when now I was we're, in, earlier, we're in the comedy weeds. Like I think I said the one wrong. <laughs> I think sorry. I said the name wrong. It was like, whose line is it, anyways? That was oh, yeah. That was oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I was trying line. to talk about. I, I that, those, were guys, those guys were shredders. That's you can't great really fuck Greg yeah. Proops. Yeah. Greg Proops. Those guys were crazy, right? They were really Yeah. They were just have to think and be like, all right, you know, like, have to like Okay, so imagine that, but totally x rays, everything goes, dude. Everything goes. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's great. it's like yeah. anything. It's like music. It's like uh, you know, the you start off with Black Sabbath and then you go off. It's like there's probably people now that are insane at that shit. You know, it's like it's yep. they take the next level. Take the like what uh, 
you were saying earlier, Jeff, with like the the bar up, the bars being raised constantly, and now there's probably like an insane improv bar. Now it's like, right, like right, I don't know, right. you know, it's just, yeah. you know. anyways. So music let's school. Up, let's you get guys... back to uh, to porn. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Hey, hey guys, Jeff and uh, Hunter, what do you guys think about porno grind? <laughs> get a little discussion. About I, I, look, like I, I, you know, he hates it. I hate it too. I, I want to like, I want to like something in that realm, but I, I just, I, everything I've heard I just turns me off. Yeah. I, I mean, the one thing I, I grew up in, a, in an age where like it was kind of like leveling up for extreme, like being extreme. So it was like, what's the next extreme thing? And it was kind of like, not that I ever really got into it, but like getting that, like you know. I forget there might album. be like one cock and ball torture song that's got a yeah it's it like it's like an album down, where you just had it to show to your friends to be like dude this out like sure it's so fucking ball, weird yeah it's such yeah, a good it's like, band name it's like how do you, i mean seriously <laughs> dude oh, man. Good we had to play after him at a uh, death beast in germany me and casey did and, oh, like, yeah. okay. and the fucking crowd was going nuts it was like a huge oh. festival and they were going nuts okay. for him and i'm like shit really I don't want to fucking have to play after these guys. Yeah, it was <laughs> like the whole crowd was so stoked. There's like it's one of those like, you know, random festival crowds where there's like fucking blow up animals in the fucking like people are being all <laughs> wacky and stuff. And we're like, shit, dude, we're just going to be like, like decrepit birth. Like we're going to be like, <laughs> like we were like, we're like, not fun at all. <laughs> that's like the best band name ever just at thanksgiving like grandma's like what did you do this year <laughs> like, I, to, I went on tour this summer what's your band called you're like cock and ball torture grandma. <laughs> like, i actually told a lot of the i told a lot of people that i was like uh they were like what's your band name i'd be like the faceless i don't know i would, I would, tell, I would tell i would tell mike like mike dude, i'm telling everyone i'm in your band if they're like older over a certain age because i just don't want to see the face I'm like, have I, to probably, explain. I probably already told this story, but I told my Nana what band I was in, and she and she was like, Odorous Mortem. <laughs> you know that means smelly death, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's odious. Grandma, it's hateful death. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. it? Or Carnage. She was like, what does Cephalic Carnage mean? I was like, you know, Grandma, you or Nana, you're actually making me think about that Cephalic carnage. Like, <laughs> I, I was watching a philosophical not right long now. ago. <laughs> I think about it. Head, dude. Cephalic's the head, right? Yeah, totally. So the carnage of the dome, yeah. dude. What was it Hunter? No, I was watching this documentary not too long ago, and they were um, interviewing the bassist from uh, Cop Shoot Cop. I don't know if you guys remember them. Um, mm -hmm. They're like a '90s band. And um, one guy said um, how his mom was really upset about the uh, band name. She's like, you know, why are, why are you talking about, you know, killing police officers? He's like, no, mom, it's about um, scoring drugs, shooting them in our veins, <laughs> going on the nod and then getting more drugs. She's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> yes. I love that, dude. Oh, my God. Actually, yeah. uh, one of my ex, like, they were from uh, Romania. And I was like, well, Benny, when I was like, to crap the birth, he's like, to crap the birth? We've been like, we've been trying to like, kind of still makes sense. Yeah, it's like, it does make sense. Oh, yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it's like we always like go on tour with people and try to make like funny names out of their names, and no one could do one for decrepit birth that was that good. And I was like, she just immediately just leveled up everyone. We'd be like, 
It'd be like, oh, Secret Bird was the funniest one. That the yeah, that the Montreal funny. people, the French people, they're like, Secret Bird. They thought Secret <laughs> Bird was so funny, and they would just like like laugh, like die, like like, yeah, like we got that, him, yeah. Secret Bird, dude. We got you. <laughs> it was great. That was the best one. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff, I had a question that I've been holding for a little bit. I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm not acting like, uh, oh, have you heard my band? But I'm saying, what, what? Do you have any connection with the Cali Death scene? Like, I mean, Decrepit Birth, yes, uh, mm-hmm. which I like. Uh, Odious Mortem, I think I heard sort of more after the fact, like not when you started. You're, are you? You were or are on Willowtip? We are, yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, well, actually, yeah. no, we're up in the air right now we are actually up in here but we're t- we're in talks to, uh it's not uh, but the yeah, last two albums were on little tip yeah last yeah but i mean like I, yeah tip. i definitely checked some out and um i think it's really good it's just one of those things where um i it's it's time quite mm-hmm. honestly um but yeah. i like i liked it i i i, I do like decrepit birth um i don't know a ton of the socal stuff i have to admit Okay. Um, it's just not a, not an area or world I've explored or taken the time. Yeah, I was just wondering if it how it, how if if any. That means he's not going to write the book, so I have to write the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, we're past the torch to. We'll send not... you a couple CDs in the mail with a pair of sandals. <laughs> 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 I'm wearing sandals right now too. By the way. <laughs> I know that's awesome. Actually, so candy right now. I kind of want to. Uh, so we have. Uh, it's probably like way too late, but we have some uh, questions people have asked. Like I've, let's let's be kind of save them. So um, we had uh, Lee from a Stratosphere on here. So um, Lee, oh was, Lee, man, yeah, yeah, Lee was jumping in here a bunch. He I was, was in the chat. You, yeah, you guys were like, I was so interested. I didn't want to like interrupt, but we have. Uh, so he he basically first he wanted to say there was a, a Canvas Solaris fun fact that he's got for you, and All he right. said that that the first Stratosphere tour was that Atlanta show that he did. Your bachelor party? Correct. My Shut bachelor up. party Fuck was at a Stratosphere up, show at the Earl in Savannah. You're, in Atlanta, you, you're like the coolest dude ever. <laughs> that's what dude. I mean, to have that was a Stratosphere at your bachelor party. That's the best fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. Dude, that was dude. what. That was probably the most humbling show I have ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. Like, that not only were they amazing, like when they started, then they just yeah. all switched instruments. And they were better than like anyone mm. on that instrument. Yeah, yep. yeah. It, it was it, that band Nuts. is mind blowing every time, every Nuts. motherfucking yeah. time I saw. Yeah, it was them. on the the Palace of Mirrors tour too, and like oh, yeah, fuck yeah. When yeah, they were right, they, everybody was just oh, yeah. pristine, oh, yeah. sharp, dude. Dude, they were yeah, yeah. fucking amazing. And I, Lee has uh, Lee had some connection to Statesboro, Georgia, which is my hometown. Like mm. someone. It was either his girlfriend's brother or a relative of his went to the college in Statesboro. Um, okay, I don't. Yeah. I don't they they left. They left already, but yeah. they, they did all the good nights. Good. That was like fuck. Yeah. I was gonna ask your questions, but uh, you know, Lee. Yeah, Lee's a Georgia, a Georgian. He'll hear Georgia, this. Georgian. He'll hear this post. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lee. Right. Um. Yeah, Lee. Reach out, man. I'd love to. Uh, love to reconnect. Fuck we, yeah. We used to talk on uh, MySpace. Oh, dude, was it your <laughs> We were just we talking about it this the last time he she was in the chat for the last show as well, and it, and that brought Lee back into my 
perception because like i haven't heard of that from that guy in so long but he was somebody that i always wanted to get on the show we've all probably mentioned it independently with who we wanted to get on the show like lee's definitely a dude that was in it with us like at the time where shit was really going down in santa cruz and 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 uh a stratosphere was you know showing their you know how how advanced they were at that time too and leave being a part of that was just so ah dude and and seeing all that happen at the time was i wish everybody could experience it dude well i mean what what brought lee back into this whole scene was um to be honest with you i might have brought it up last episode but um a dude we used to take care of uh we were caretakers Mm. for this guy jesse jesse howitz passed away it was like a he, he basically like he had this really rare form of muscular dystrophy and he only wanted like the cool he only wanted bands that he liked like band members to take care of him because he was like 24-hour care kind of guy but he was he had his own podcast i just watched he interviewed fucking chong from cheech and chong he's like black dahlia murder like all these wow. like he's like he's he's like stuck obviously in a in a, a bed and and his bottom lip doesn't work yes he's like bottom his tongue has his bottom lip but dude is like to like a shift with him was listening to the coolest music, watching the coolest movies. The dude was like, had was like out there. Wrote, he wrote books too. He was like, mm-hmm. he was a very smart guy. He was very yeah. cool to hang out with. So Lee actually introduced me to him, and then that's when I was touring. I was taking care of uh, Jesse. Then Jesse passed away, and Lee reached out to me, and he got back on social media, and then he jumped in like a day or two later. So that was kind of like the conduit of Lee coming back. Yeah. I like looked through my phone, and I don't have his phone number anymore. And I was like, actually wanted to reach out to him to like talk to him about it, and um through so the social media fabric we all like reconnected again but uh yeah very positive know. dude everything that i've experienced I've, i haven't experienced much of that guy but you know seeing his yeah. podcast and i mean Chaney from entheos and like she's yeah, taking care you of him can totally she, like, tell yeah. that dude was like you know a very positive mind unfortunately imprisoned in a vessel yeah. that wasn't working properly but like those yeah for him to be able to be that positive and be a good person and and really show it dude he really showed that he was a great person it was crazy i mean like hanging out with him like he had like celebrity friends like i'd be hanging out with him and like fucking like billy corgan would call him and like (laughs) and like and like the the guys from ween he was their number one fan from ween or all i mean ween like knew him and they would just call him and have to hold the phone up to him and it was like you know he was so into it like if you look at like i talked about it last time but if you go to like a bookstore and then go to a a santa cruz picture book for santa cruz california it'll have pictures of him like in it you know he, he always like awesome. he he always calls himself like i'm the fucking hippest fucking cripple here motherfucker yeah no he was sick dude but uh no i have fucking r.i.p to that guy that was uh oh, that was yeah. sad to hear but uh, he i mean he, he was supposed to he was like scheduled to live 15 years lived like almost 50 so Fucking, well, well that, fucking, I mean, yeah. that, I mean, yeah, just Lee resurfacing in general, dude. Just like another yeah. tie back to when things were super, and and it's not that they're not awesome now, but I'm just saying, like, you know, that feeling of being young and yeah. like Hunter, you can attribute yeah. or or connect with this as well when you're in your early twenties and you're just on fire and wanting to just continue to just push the envelope like casey and i have had this conversation recently where 
or we've talked about it on the podcast too, where music was recorded too fast because we were just so amped up. But it's just like this young, early twenty-year-old dude <laughs> that just has to like bleed this something, whatever it is. Where we have to excrete this something into our creativity and 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 push boundaries and all that. I don't I don't even know where I'm going with this diarrhea of mouth, but I'm just saying like. <laughs> what what is it guys like is it what is what is it that drives us at that time in our lives and then and then gives us this trail off where we're 37 years old and we're like yeah dude we still want to do it dude because it it felt so good back then you know yeah yeah it's a different experience when you get older um for sure like i i'm like as busy as i've ever probably busier um musically than i've ever been but yeah i mean there's nothing I, I yeah i can think back to like playing you know live with canvas back when i was like 21 22 and like just that's about as alive as i've as i'm ever going to be mm -hmm. you know it was like i mean and if i died tomorrow it's like well i had that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i feel really i mean yeah i feel really fortunate to to have felt that at one point i mean i think we could all Definitely. share that and we go through these, we went, you and I both went through the, the phase of, okay, now we're dad. Okay. It's yeah. these archetypes that we, we set, we're setting up and then we, we sit in a certain archetype because it may be easy or it may be something that we need to pay attention to. So the archetype of the vocalist or the drummer or all that gets put away for a little bit. And the archetype of being dad is like the main thing, but like, then we get to a homeostasis's dad and we realize okay mm -hmm. now we can actually keep this at a level yeah, yeah yeah now we we've we've been able to maintain the course of this ship for long enough to where now we can put it on autopilot for a little bit and actually pay back attention to the artist archetype that we used to be before we were dad yeah you know, totally. even though it's never yeah, been, yeah, my, yeah, my it's never went away. It never went away. All of a sudden, no, there'd no, be no. like little bursts of creativity while we were dad, you know, and and we write them down or lose them as we tend to do sometimes. We always <laughs> think that we're going to remember them, but no, got to write it down, guys. Get an idea, <laughs> write that shit down as soon as you can, dude, because no matter how yeah. much you tell yourself you're going to remember it, you're not going to remember it. Okay. No. So Lee had one more question in the oh, chat yeah, from yeah. a while ago. It was, "What's up with all those splash symbols on those oh, shit. canvas Same Slayers thing, albums?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be that he said those drum. No, no, drum no, 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 no. That's not the question. The but question it's still like is, drum related, though. Still, he's, like, he's, two questions. He wants to know what's up with the splash symbols on the canvas Solaris albums. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but sorry, I um, that up. you got a lot right, to answer. Sean Reiner, probably. That's a good answer. One word, Sean. I, 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 will, I will say this, like, I mean, the last, no, yeah, like, uh, Atomized Dream and Radiance have very, I don't think there's a splash symbol on a Radiance, actually. Um, and Nathan made me bring the splashes back for a Chromosphere. Um, mm. Before it was Sean Reiner, now it's Nathan. So, <laughs> internal nice. pressure. I just put two of mine in as a stack, and I'm like, oh, there we go. 
Now I can have all yeah, my symbols. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm um yeah, I was doing the um uh the pre-production demos for the next sculptured record and um I I had a old Wuhan that I was using on the first round that oh, yeah, a quick shout out. I forgot to say that, dude. You're the drummer of sculptured now, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were a, an early in band. Yeah, um, the end, yep, yep. yep. Yeah, um, that's but one I, that I didn't I, mention earlier. Yep, that's my it. china broke, so I just took my I took an eight and a ten inch um, splash and stacked them and used that. So nice. I did the same uh, thing. Wait, 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 you know what, Lee? I've got a question for you. What's your problem with sprout? sprout <laughs> <man>? <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem, man? Yeah, man? I know, but he'll now he'll be able to. I told I told him. him back like, and, uh, he asks he asks questions and then he goes to bed. I know. I know. <laughs> We'll get him on the episode and we'll bring it up. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get him on. Yeah, we'll bring you on just like many films. Fly me in. Nice. You know, don't tell him. And we'll, yeah, we'll have a a Uh, cage match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. First Cali Cali Death Productions funded metal drummer off. (laughs) Oh, no. Lee's like a way, way, way better drummer. I'm not doing that. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll, but I'll, I'll fight with him about splash symbols. You can probably do like up. I won't. I won't compete with him in drumming, but I'll fight his ass. Dude. Yeah. Here's <laughs> a pretty fucked up question for both of you guys. It's very general and very simple, but for you guys, it's probably gonna go down some deep paths. But <laughs> what? Is well, what? Band? What was the band we you know, haven't heard of, but need to check out? Before. Uh, I have one. Can you mute Casey? Is that is that for us? <laughs> no, it's for you. Yeah, for you, for you yeah. guys. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll say Stargazer from Australia. Oh fuck yeah, I love Stargazer. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe nice. maybe uh, everybody's heard of them. Um, but I'm 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 their uh, defense attorney here in the U.S. So. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I would uh, I would say uh, yeah, Malacarpidin. Ah. Um Yeah. Anybody that's into like Masters Hammer, Root. Root kind of like mystical eastern european dark metal um, great stuff yeah hell yeah and then we have a, a really long and, question and, and, and oh, dude, like and, and they, they, these guys are obviously well known but anybody that has not checked out the new death spell omega record totally oh yeah yeah mm. it's amazing always always yeah. a band that it's hits incredible. me hard dude yeah yeah and this one th- yeah this one's a bit different I, I, you know there's so many times where people are like, oh, this one's a little bit different. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, this, yeah. One, this one is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one actually is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So for this it. one's like a huge paragraph, so I don't know if it's going to show up on here. Oh, damn, it did. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So it said, yeah, this is, I don't know. I can't read them. I'll read it. All right. On Radical Research, I've heard so many name drops that I didn't think anyone else knew about, like Deserts of Tron, Sculptured, What Up Hunter, Frantic Leap, Maudlin of the Well, Traditionalist, etc. Maybe you can help me with this one. Trying to track down this French band from the MySpace days who played avant-garde groove metal with two vocalists similar to Sixth slash System of a Down began with an A. I was thinking about Unexpected at first. They were French-Canadian. Um, A, um... 
I'm racking my brain here. I mean, uh, could it be Arcturus that they're saying? No, no, no Arcturus well, I, is Norwegian. No, sorry. The, the kind of thing they're talking about was a sort of French thing. It's what Gojira grew out of, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of that sort of sixth meets system of a down groove, oh. technical, weird shit. Um, from France, yeah, but I, I don't uh, unexpect wasn't I'm like a groove heavy. I mean, no, no, more like circus metal at times and jazz influence. That's that French, right? Yeah, that's that French. Yes, they're yeah. Yeah, unexpected Canadian, so Can yeah, yeah, French Canadian. Um, yeah, French Canadian. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank, I guess. Uh, that, yeah, got we'll, him. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do some radical research and get back to you. There you yeah, go. yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Go to, go to Metal Archives and hit the A's and just, <laughs> yeah, just start yeah. it. And, and then, and then you whittle it down to French bands. Oh, he found it. it. Yeah, you'll he find it in a couple days. You found it? Someone in the chat. Oh, oh shit. the shit's going off. Acarize. He just got it. Yeah. What is Can it? We, what is it? Acarize. 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 I don't know. How do you, how are you spelling it? Yeah, I've never heard of that. that never heard of that. Mm. Yep. Okay. Well, All right. Did cool. a song of the bluegrass breakdown. Okay. Oh, didn't they everybody? Have, so did the Queen of Berry. <laughs> They have six, six, six monthly listeners on Spotify. They're pretty. Extreme. It's Not only the band seven. members. Yeah, the we're professor be, coming hey, in like, hot with the info. We're That's gonna awesome. be doing uh, um, a Dave Murray show though. We're gonna do Desert Citron and Tholus, um pretty Tholus. soon. Underrated, nice. probably the next two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um. Yeah. You go for it, Joel. I know I was gonna uh, talk about that, our first troll, but oh, let's oh yeah, skip let's that hear about him. I was gonna ask you guys. <laughs> he, may um, be, he may be like one of their homies, dude. You know no, I think know. it was. He wanted. He was all Hunter. Have Hunter read the chat. Have Hunter read the chat. And he just kept like blowing. Like it was like twenty five <laughs> like messages per like one of other people's. And I was like, all right, yeah. like I like I put him on time. He can do timeout on Twitch. So it was like timeout for ten minutes. And just right when 10 minutes came up, he's all... What's kind of, what did he say, though? Was oh, it, he's was making, he saying he was making fun shit or no? No, it wasn't good shit at all. It, oh. it said, uh, can we get a sick odious morning breakdown with a spin kick? <laughs> That's pretty cool. What are you talking about, dude? Well, I mean, he said kick? way worse shit than that. was the most tame uh, thing I could find. <laughs> so you, you're being positive and just get putting... Well, I mean, dude, we got a troll. That's awesome. Can we fucking get a round of applause, whatever the chat does for applause? for fucking? We got, a, got troll. a troll. That was awesome. <laughs> My they have Joel, a cave troll. Well, he knows about yeah. Hunter, obviously. So maybe he wasn't. He's all have Hunter read the just... chat. Yeah, he probably <laughs> is like a friend. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question for you guys: Lycathia <laughs> Flame, Elvin Ephrus. Mm. Love it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Good Love album. It. Very good album. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it radical research worthy? Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's definitely in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Their drummer yeah. Thomas. You... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Their drummer Thomas Korn is uh, active on Facebook, so I've been thinking of reaching out to him. Oh, okay. Oh, I was just saying it'd be yeah. cool to like go into the appalling spawn days and all that. That could totally be a whole episode on radical research, the appalling spawn to the yeah. like flame and I mean there's a million. I just I, I think I asked you in this last episode, Hunter, like if we have eighty more in us, because we just reached our we're gonna be doing our eightieth episode soon and he was like, Fuck yeah. I mean mm -hmm. there's it's limitless, man. Or like, or another band that I'd love to hear you guys talk about is uh, T O O H or the Obliteration of Humanity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, 
I, I like some of their stuff, some of it I haven't liked, and then I haven't heard everything. So yeah, um, I'm not sure how much you've kept up with them, Hunter. But I haven't kept up. I, yeah. I was kind of into them like in the early 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, I uh, oh, go ahead. No, I, I got really turned off with that earache album. Um, I think partly it had this sticker on it and said like, um, recommended if you like Mars Volta, Tool, Meshuga, and some. <laughs> Maybe very, more, very maybe, bad, bad maybe, direction. Maybe, <laughs> maybe more of an angel, but I was like, it sounds great on paper, but it was I like, love all those bands, but that is yeah. definitely not what I would put on the sticker for that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a weird sticker, but I, I just, it wasn't like the sticker. I had heard them before. I had the mm-hmm. previous, I still have that. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, an acquired taste. It's But, but there, if you just get below the surface of it, you realize there is a lot of genius in it. And then you figure out that when you go deeper, then you find out one of the guys is schizophrenic and then how it actually, you know, then it, then it folds back into the music for you when you realize that and, and, and you follow it deeper down the rabbit hole. And there is a lot of uh, bursts of, of, not genius, but you know, like you know what I'm saying, like those those flares that we all look for in music that that you're like, oh yeah, that they got it right there. That that hit me in a certain sense. Toh has actually given me that a lot. So, and obvi- obviously it's to each their own. But I'm saying that I always thought that Toh would be a band that maybe Radical Research could dig on. And if you guys don't like it, you don't like it. But maybe no, they're, de- they're definitely in our wheelhouse. And I'd, I'd kind of like to start. I don't know how we do it, but I'd kind of there's like- a lot of there's a lot of back like releases that that n- never made it over to the states at all. Dude. By, the, by that band, you mean? By that band, yeah. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I'd, I'd like to start doing stuff on Radical Research where we, we cover things that maybe we don't uh, know inside and out and aren't experts on. Uh, that, that'd be kind of fun. But I suppose that's a frontier for when we start running out of things mm-hmm. you know, that we do know. I have, I have to charge my laptop here, so I'll be right Go ready. for it, dude. Go for it. Or like but, weird grind stuff, dude. Like I'm trying to remember. The Czech Republic's got a really good catalog of actually grindy super fast weird shit dude i'm trying to remember another band uh alienation mental That's oh wow one. i haven't heard that band in so long Boom. shit alienation mental dude don't go if you want to hear like cephal <laughs> like ball spouter that album cephalic on like Holy uh fuck. origin on the or like they smoked a bunch of origin and then went <laughs> and- <laughs> wow <laughs> their no, their weed of a, choice that night was origin and i haven't heard they- that band name in probably 15 years I've, like that was like kind of like when i was coming up and trying to find new bands when i was a kid that was some random that's fucking like taking band that we got it's into. like taking discord and or- origin and pushing it through a check i'm listening like, yeah Dude. I wonder what it, uh, what, how it would translate nowadays. It's been like over a decade, you know, because it was like insane, extreme kind of grind back in the day. Like that's how, how I took hey, it. Hey, let's let's hear it real quick. Let's just fucking somebody pull it up, dude. Alienation, Jesus. mental, God, ball spotter. Dude. I'm not fucking Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, you <laughs> are. Dude, like, <laughs> I'm gonna go do me, and then when I get do back, a monkey, pull it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Who are we talking up. about? Have we t- alienation? Alienation, mental. Oh, okay. 
It's it's a random throw up band from like, <laughs> so remember uh, like bands like Goratory and and stuff like that. Like back in the like back, oh, in, cool. it was like back in those yeah. days. It was like, like I heard Goratory and I've never heard anything like that. And there was this band, Alienation Mental. People were like, you have to check this band out. They're crazier. And it was you know I'm in fucking high school. This is like 2001 or two or something. You know. But uh, mm-hmm. it's a crazy, I just haven't heard the name in so long, it just blew my mind. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, you know, it was really good at the time, but probably is terrible now. So that's how, that's how things work. That's how time works, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Remember Psyopus? Oh, Psyopus. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I still talk to Chris all the time. Uh, dude, yeah. that's, he won the, so that guy won the Guitar, uh, guitar Center nationwide um a competition for like best guitar player or like wow. most unique guitar player back in like I want to say 2005 or four. Chris oh, Arp, dude. Arp, Chris Arp. Yeah, now he was he does he'll do songs with no pick, which only tapping and yeah, insane stuff. And he just went out there and and there's people doing like you know shredding country and blues and stuff like that. And he went out there and did that stuff. And people were like, "What the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of disappeared after that. That band kind of went away for a while. And I guess he's. Yeah. He's kind of trying to to bring it back a little bit, but very underrated. He was just basically, um, I think he was just not into the. He toured for a while and was like, "Fuck, god yeah. damn it!" I think Hunter and I saw them live, didn't we? We did with Dysrhythmia, uh, Dysrhythmia and Behold the Octopus. Oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, was were... that was that in North Carolina here? Yeah, it was in. Um... It was like between. It was like in Burlington or something. Some yeah, weird dude. That Burlington really. Like a, yeah. Some sort of coat factory. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. That's where I was able to sneak my dad's hooting and hollering in, and you and you you were, you introduced that to uh, who? Which guy? Yeah, Char- Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie's a lady. Yeah. yeah. It's about oh, nice. Hey, yeah. nothing but oh, yeah. a bunch of hooting and hollering. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, behold oh, man. the Arctic. I just realized if we probably pulled that up, it wouldn't translate well because I know the YouTube, like pulling up videos on this shit, the audio quality already. Because I said pull up Alien Nation Mental, but then I was thinking, oh, yeah. Yeah. Thing, like, I was like, dude, if that, that would just because it's I have weird, it right here, crazy grind. How is like, it? How is it? How is it, Joe? Uh, Joe? It's about to drop. Let's see. It's it's about to drop. Hard, <laughs> is it worth? Dude. Is it worth showing? Are you watching? Are you listening by. to Ball Spatter? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's dude. You're disgorged drumming. Uh, Anthony just Anthony pit, went pissed and just brought it right back to like <laughs> three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, good good. Thing to it too, Pulls it back <laughs> in time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so guys, um, I know we're coming up on what must be past midnight for you, if not later. Oh, it's definitely past midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve twenty-one, which is a neat well, inversion and, of twenty-one twelve. Speaking of which, Jeff, have, Jeff, Jeff, can, um, Jeff can tell you guys, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this for anyone else. And no. in fact, Jeff, Jeff was even like, "How is this possible?" Because I go to bed at like nine o'clock. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we've, you know, we've been hanging out. Oh, we love you guys. And you'll be like, I appreciate it. I'm like, this guy has narcolepsy. You know? <laughs> 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 But then I just realized, then I found out it was just him. So it's not, it's not yeah. Well, dude. The guy, really... he wakes up early, though. He wakes up earlier than all of us, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I deeply I deeply appreciate, dude, I appreciate you guys coming on and giving us all any time you guys want. Like, I, I've always been excited. Ground sloth, ground sloth, ground sloth, ground sloth, ground sloth. Dude, ground so sloth. I tried to find that thing. 
Um, like, and I went to like some pretty extreme lengths to find it. Actually, okay, okay. And no one knows the oh, whereabouts of Archie. Jeff, do you remember Archie? Archie, Archie Mount Sloth, the canvas, and we would like put. Um, he like spoke for us. We didn't like. We would put poster boards and shit like what are the song and, names. Yeah. This is a, a bit of canvas lore. I don't know. How is that possible? You've seen it. It's a video of it that I was like Archie. obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah, we even we even we, had an we idea have a clip resurrect or YouTube is a clip of. We had an idea <laughs> we were gonna. None of us are artistically inclined at the moment, but we wanted to reenact. We wanted to re. No, I wanted to have it. I want. I want the ground wanted... right here for every episode until I like until I, I stop doing so this. So we're gonna like try right and here. at least resurrect right it and like make one to, for you. But we we. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday is July twenty seventh. No, me and Carrie, yeah. me and Carrie, uh, we were obsessed with it. We used to watch those like last episode we talked about. We would watch those uh, before YouTube, pre YouTube. We'd find Canvas Solaris on like hotline, like these like random file transfer uh, hubs and stuff. And we got Canvas, a uh, full Canvas show. And we were like, what the fuck? And there was just a ground sloth like holding the song title, and then you just rip the next song off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah, I remember. We used to do those, like the poster boards right before the show. And um, we had a song called Pattern Spiral into Swarm. And then, like, we put it up, and then Donnie did some parentheses and put on a motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> nice that's so awesome man it's it's really this makes me very happy though hunter that like and being able to meet jeff through the podcast and all that stuff but really i mean the whole reason why this is happening right now is because odious was a fan of canvas dude and they're they're, it never stopped being that way you know and and it it's fun to think that like we could talk about what 17 years ago i'm listening to your band and i'm trying to tell everybody in odious about your band too like <laughs> listen to this shit awesome. and and then now here it's we are it's fine yeah it's awesome don't tell me that josh brought this band no it's carrie absolutely not <laughs> it's totally, it was totally josh Oh you my god! All right, well, that's fine. Oh I know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I don't care how you guys found Canvas. I'm going to say right now. Whatever 100%. story makes you happy, I love you to death. You're one of my best friends. My forever. story is. And I will 100%. be anywhere you need me to be at any time. You're one of my best friends. I'm sitting at my. I'm sitting at my kitchen table, at my parents' house, and I'm flipping through a magazine, and I find. I already brought it up on the show. I find this quarter. <laughs> or half page <laughs> of tribunal you already heard this fucking story joel and you're like oh dude now you're saying that it isn't the story what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> well, you, you, didn't, you didn't listen to the last podcast we got the same argument we're in this <laughs> podcast right now though. doesn't make it any different the past is still the past and in that past podcast i'll say i know you guys think it was josh it wasn't josh it was carrie gear it's letting you know Carrie didn't tell me about this man, dude. Okay, we won't get this song right now. <laughs> uh, All right. Look I, how important guys, it is. I know my story. I, I, I probably had way more listens with Canvas than all y'all motherfuckers. So what up? Might be true. You think you and Carrie are the top. I'm like maybe third third place. 
because Carrie was obsessed. Carrie like would like. I'm listen not to saying Tampa's. that he wasn't. No, but Car no, Carrie would like like be obsessed over the guitar and like write stuff. He's like, this is my canvas riff, like li literally, like in, in music <laughs> that he's written. So like yeah. it was like one of his favorite bands, for sure. Awesome. Totally, dude. And we all found it around that same time, and it was one of those pivotal moments of like, oh, dude, I like instrumental prog music, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> for me, <laughs> I literally was like, oh, dude, yeah. And actually, I'll say that like Canvas may have even pushed me into going down the instrumental music path deeper and finding more underground instrumental bands. You know, as a vocalist, you're like, oh. I I always want vocals, but at the same time, like, what's this? And then I'm like, oh, now at 37, instrumental music is actually what I like more. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> like. I don't really like. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rating Max much. right now, by the way. I just want to get Max some people. Love you guys. Oh, nice, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Max Anomalous. You get, Hunter, you ever heard the band Anomalous or Jeff? <laughs> what is this? Uh, Casey found it's the raid music, music button. Dude. It's raid music. <laughs> raid raid music. music? <laughs> this is the cool thing about. I, th I think you guys actually like. Uh, now that I've sent everyone away, um, <laughs> I feel like you guys should do the 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 Twitch thing. It's actually I got talked into it, and I was like, Twitch. That's for video games. I don't know if I'm down with this. And then I was seeing a bunch of like metal bands and stuff, or metal people like have these kind of conversations. You could have a group of friends. Max, our buddy Max is online. We just sent all of our viewers just now to him. Like now, they're all gonna oh, see yeah. a new a are, new thing. Are we that they're like, live? Are we live still? We're still live. I mean, I mean, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, but but I, mean, I was like, where what are we at right now? Oh no, we're live. But I mean, we, I sent oh, okay. like you know that's, fifteen no, or twenty people. Still to a cool conversation. That's great. Yeah. No, that's great. No, I was just wondering. That's why people are saying bye there because they like see it coming. Oh, I guess they can see it coming <laughs> on there. I, I'm learning still, but uh, yeah, it's cool. You can you can send people that you're like, oh, like this cool person's on that, like doing something. Like let's send a band that you know a cool band that's doing something let's check have you check it out you know and like cool. and then they can return the Dude, favor and it's kind of like a cool thing tell max to shred over some canvas solaris tonight Dude. oh we could actually do that right now <laughs> i know Dude, I, totally I know hunters right hunter, hunters hunters on the out now so we gotta we gotta wind this down i don't want to it's all fucking east coast then then we can have like a little like bonus feature boom if we get max to do it Oh yeah, shed over some. He'll, do uh, He'll definitely do um, it. Cosmic microwave. Nice. What's, what's, what's that fucking oh, yeah, one? Yeah. I'll oh, try to clip it. Radiation. Yeah, cosmic <laughs> microwave background radiation. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, yeah. Can, oh, can yeah. you can you uh, do the the last song title on the EP? Oh shit! The really oh, long say, title. Yeah, dark matter accretion disk and binary <laughs> neutron star in a self-reproducing is it it's self-reproducing universe? I think you got so, it. no 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 it's uh dark matter um accretion disk and binary neutron star in a self-inflationary universe oh, nice. something like that i don't oh, know yeah i think fantastic <laughs> oh that's great dude i love that well should we wrap it up dudes let's do it hey thank yeah, you guys yeah, this was this was yeah, a lot you guys of fun yeah you guys are great yeah. yep totally Thanks, man. Yeah. and hunter I'm Respect so glad that guys. we could finally get this going. I, like I said before, it was something that we wanted to do for a long time. Uh, the professor, I wanted him to get on with Jeff because yeah. he's, be you know, there. talking about wanting to start writing a book and stuff. And I thought it'd be cool to get you guys together and talk yeah. about that. So yeah, dude.
No, this thanks for great. answering my questions and just uh, anytime. I, yeah, I'll probably reach out to you again at some point, man. Please do, it's, please it's do. Been an inspiration to follow your work. And, Wonderful. Uh, uh, if uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me and you, of course, I've, um, I imagine you're all in touch with Hunter with personal email and stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so he can pass on mine. I think that's probably the easiest awesome. way to go. So, cool. Awesome. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. Please awesome, do. Man. Please do. And you oh, guys yeah, are still man. selling some radical research t-shirts on the yeah website. we still have the um it's got the keep logo metal weird. On the pocket keep metal weird and keep prog weird on the back nice. i think i think once we're once we're through those we're going to make new ones that say, i uh, had no idea guys I yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm buying it dude we're, we're probably gonna make new ones that say uh blow that mine that doesn't blow okay but oh, i want the first yeah. one don't get rid of there's a medium i want a medium of the if oh you, you do have it. yeah keep metal weird i'm gonna it's buy it dude. no i don't want you to give it to me i'm gonna buy it like a medium, you fat motherfucker. This I'm, <laughs> I'm fat. I'm the fattest one here. I'll look for a triple XL for you. <laughs> fattest one here. I can I call people fat, dude. So, yeah, per the, uh, the agreement. Can we, but uh, can we yeah, thank you guys for coming bit. on. I've, what's up? Go for can it. We hang out for a little bit after the guest dip, just to no use a few please. minutes. I mean, look, yeah, let's do it. A few minutes right. after they're gone. Cool. No All right, way. yeah, let's no uh, do a wrap up. But thank you guys right. for showing up. Um, yeah, I fucking love your fucking podcast, yeah. and and it's Cheers. fucking like I said, like even the fact oh, yeah. that if you're not even a band that you're like into and stuff, you guys really talk about things really in depth and very cool, and everyone should check it out. And uh, Anthony, take it away. Radical okay. research, guys. Hit it up at every place that you listen to podcasts. I listen to it on Apple Podcasts, so it's easily found. Um, Spotify too. Spotify too. Um, thank you to everybody that was hanging out in the chat. Thank you to all the subscribers. It still keeps growing. We love everybody. We've talked about community tonight. You guys are. You guys have. We have a community. Radical Research has a community. We love that we all have these communities. Let's 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 merge some Radical Research. You know, get get some Radical Research Cali Death community going. All right, I'm talking too much. I love you guys. I'll see you guys. Uh, actually, I'll see you on Sunday. Oh yeah, we got a big episode Sunday. Love you yep. guys. Noon Sunday. D Fuck keep yeah. that open because uh oh, yeah. this one's gonna be fun. Fuck yeah. All right, rock on. Love you guys. Take oh, care, yeah. guys. Thank you. Yeah.